the, the pom pom We crowd. ready. We ready. We ready. Okay. Welcome to another live episode, live show here of the ONG Strike Zone. Uh, my fellas, I'm Brian Fulford. That's Kelvin Rozier, Marcus Green. Uh, gentlemen, how you doing? Reporting to work. Everybody ready to go? Ready to go? Yep. It is time. Fired up and ready to go. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's the August 2nd, which means the first day of the of the fall season camp has opened. Uh, the boys are, are, have reported for duty and, uh, I believe they will have their first practice probably what early Friday morning, knowing, uh, what the coaches like to do with their time. Uh, so we are, we are pumped up and excited about that and want to thank everybody for coming in and joining us on tonight's show. Season three, episode number two. Uh, we are reporting for work. Want to remind you, we're early on in the broadcast. Go and hit the thumbs up button wherever you're watching us, or thumbs hit up. the like button if you're if you're on YouTube. Hit the thumbs up button if you're on Facebook. Hit that like button there for us. Go ahead and share the show with uh, with your friends, your family, your rattlers uh, that you know in your in your social groups. Let them know. Uh, about tonight's show. Uh, we got a lot of things to hit on. We got a loaded guest lineup. So, I mean, that that's the one good thing. You know, we we must be doing some things right. People want to talk to us, fellas. So, <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And uh, that's what we want to continue to do. So I, I'll set the lineup coming up uh, real soon, probably in about 10, 15 minutes here. We're going to have one of FAMU Baseball's newest recruits, a young man that transferred from Queens College uh, up in the New York area. Reed Hoskins is his name, and uh, uh, he, he's a he's a big hitter. He's a he, he packs a punch. So uh, I'm real interested to talk with him and find uh, find out more about how he found his way uh, to Tallahassee from New York. Then, while we're on the diamond, we're going to transition from the baseball diamond to the softball diamond. And we're going to talk about um, we're going to talk with Coach Tiffany Johnson. If, and if that name sounds familiar to you, it should, because in 2006, uh, she was a part of a FAMU softball team that won the MEAC title. She was a pitcher. She was rookie of the year, second team all conference, first team um, in the tournament that year and helped FAMU win a, uh, a MEAC title, the second of uh, two during that 05-06 run uh, for Coach Wiggins. And uh, then we'll talk to her about her journey. She uh, ended up leaving FAMU after that. and But uh, more importantly, she kept her, her close FAMU ties. And it just so happened she was the head coach of a uh, all-star team over the Major League Baseball weekend a few weekends ago, uh, Minority Softball Prospects All-Star mm -hmm. Team, featuring a group of uh, all African American, or uh, you could make you could say girls of color, um, uh, softball team, and it was an all star team that was really put together. Uh, talented players, not a lot of practice time. They won. Uh, they, whooped they, they whooped up on the classic out there, and uh, they're all class of twenty twenty fours. 
And it just so happens one of the young ladies on the team will be joining us as well, Dylan Suggs. Uh, we, we know friends of the family. That's, that's family right there. You know, we know her, her mom, uh, Angela, and uh, I was roommates with her dad back in college. So it's a pleasure to not only get a chance to talk to uh, Coach Johnson, but Dylan as well. She goes to Florida High right there in, uh, in Tallahassee. So we're going to find out uh, about the experience of their trip. And then we're going to add on and talk to Coach G, our director of track and field and cross country. So we got a loaded show for you tonight, and uh, we will get into that. So we hope you, you uh, any questions you guys have, make sure to uh, have those ready. We hope you enjoy these conversations. And, of course, we're going to talk about all the good news and all that other stuff that everybody's salivating to talk about and, and hear what we got to say about it. So uh, we will get into that, too. Um, hopefully we can do it all in a two-hour time span, guys. <laughs> You never yeah, know. You back, yeah, you back on a job. I'm back on a job. Well, between between putting this show together and just all the, the hours, I mean, good Lord, man. I mean, it's – uh, shout out to Kenneth Rose, the first one in the building. That's family. Looks like it. Um, Bull comes in. Bull, I always see what Bull wants to talk about. Bull wants to talk basketball, football, basketball, football. I mean, man, okay, Bull, we got you. We got you. Shout out to Mark. Good to see you. Uh, Marcus, good to see you. B. Starks checking in. Also, Jimmy Matt comes in. I appreciate that. No, uh, no, nah, nah, we, we uh, come on now. Let's see when that you weren't that late, Jimmy. We just saved you from three minutes of commercial. That's all we did. Uh, first day of camp is actually tomorrow. No, Friday. Friday morning is the first day of practice. Today was practice. Yeah. Check-in was today. I'm sure they'll be doing some more meetings and stuff like that, EA, uh, just to kind of let you guys uh, know on that. Let me see. Kind of lost my spot here. What up, Kenya? Good to see Kenya. Uh, today is a holiday. Yes, it is. Happy holiday. Good morning. Uh, good vibes all the way around. Rattler Nation, Mary 305. Checking in. Good to see you, Chuck Hunt, all the way from Monroe, Louisiana. Monroe, Louisiana. Good to see you, Chuck. Thanks for coming in. Uh, Kelly Flicks checking in. Kind of see uh, Kelly going to hit us up with some uh, with some preseason some preseason polls. You know, you, you do some good work out there. Let us let us know what the preseason is looking like uh, when we get into it a little bit later. Got to say hey to Meredith. All righty. Uh, Perkins. Duh-ha. Oh my my bad, Meredith. Yes, exactly. Duh no, no Chaka person. Oh the high. The high. Okay, my bad. Okay, see there you go. <laughs> I'm glad you're catching these early. Uh, let me see. Anybody else I miss? Oh, Carlos Brown. Good to see you, Carlos. Checking in. How about that? Those new Southern, Southern dropping some new uniforms. Love all, I love all the combos except that dark blue with the yellow pants. I didn't really like that. But yeah, the other ones are, are really good. Yeah, it's like I, my I, second favorite uniform. They yeah. are. You. They are. Okay. Me too. Yeah. Y'all trying to catch up, Carlos. I know Southern's trying to catch up with the different combinations. I, th- I still think the orange and green, you know, our, our combinations. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. There she is, Melissa Wilson. Duh. There it is. Duh. Checking in. All right, Rattlers. Uh, all right. So I'm sure there's some other folks here. I'll get to you here in a second. I know Sweet. There you go, Sweet. sweet. What's up, Sweet? Good to see you, Sweet, Sweet. Uh, 
Morgan Mr. checking Morgan. in. Mr. Morgan right, checking Morgan. in. Oh, checking in. Ah, oh, the New boss checks ball. in. Yeah, I, always covering. Good cover, boss. Good cover. Um, okay, so coming up here in another five minutes, we're going to talk to new FAMU baseball recruit uh, Reed Hoskins here. But obviously, the big headline, which I promise we will get into in serious depth later on in the show, but the big hire uh, for uh, – well, actually, no. We What do we want to go? The hire or camp? What are we going to do real quick? Because we only got like five minutes before. What, what do you want to hit on first? Camp? Yeah, let's go. Camp. Yeah, let's talk about camp. I All mean, right, let's... today was move-in day, so or... yeah, move-in day. Uh, here's some pictures from uh, Coach Latroy Johnson uh, showing our our coaches uh, had a little retreat before uh, before opening up the you know camp, uh, which is good. I mean, obviously, you want your you want your coaches to have that time where they get a chance to kind of uh, you know get together, get on the same page. Everybody kind of sets the sets the table on what what they want, how they want to address things. So that's all all good stuff to see. Uh, then you see some more pictures from FAMU Athletics uh, of some of the guys checking in. Of course, you see Coach Simmons. I could not quite make out who that young man was. Uh, any of you guys can pick that up real quick. Hit me, let me up. I kind of rushed to throw these images together for the show tonight. So um, it's on uh, FAMU Athletics or FAMU Football Twitter feed. Uh, of course, as you can see, some of the guys uh, in the uh, in the, in the the uh, listening to learn phase, you know, that's very important this time of the year. Of course, uh, or you see on the left, preseason SWAC Offensive Player of the Year, Jeremy Musa. And here's a, a shot of that particular room. Now, what room are they in, Kelvin? Any idea where they are? That looks that, to be pharmacy. Pharmacy. Yeah, I'm looking at the logo yeah. on the podium. Yeah. Okay. 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 So. Auditorium uh, and pharmacy. All right. So a good opportunity uh, for those for those guys to get in. Um. Yeah, that's a big auditorium because, I mean, we, we've got 100. My numbers were, what, we have 110-something guys reporting. Is that correct? Uh, I believe that was the number that was thrown out there. But there, today's another big day for another reason that folks don't normally talk about. But given uh, our past, we have to mention, too. Today is also the day that uh, grades started getting posted. Oh, okay. So, so some folks may have not been cleared yet. Mm. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, well, we'll kind of we'll kind of see how that how that uh, how that affects the team. Um, I, I think we we all feel pretty confident that issues like compliance uh, aren't going to be an issue to 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 uh, to hamper us at the beginning of the season. And um, so that's a uh, that's a real important. Any other any other thoughts about the opening here of 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 camp? Well, just it's it's, a, it's high expectations and rightfully so. We have a pretty manageable schedule. The trickiest part would be the the road sweat games, but um, we you know there's there's no talking now. We got to put up a shut up. 
just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Marcus, as you, you and I know you've gone over this depth chart every which way possible, uh, forward, backwards, turning it all upside down. What position or positions do you feel like, uh, you know, like are, are the most in flux? If you just uh, had to, you know, say, ahead. hey, you don't really know what this this particular lineup is going to be just yet. Um, I guess it would probably be along the two lines. I mean, we got established from – no, actually, the three. The three the three that come to mind, wide receiver. I mean, we do have returning starters or returning um, key pieces in Manigo and KDOT. But then, you know, who's going to be the new person to step up? The other thing I'm thinking, offensive line, just because we have two stalwarts there, but then we have a lot of talent. Just like Coach Henry was saying last week, okay, who's going to fill in around the two – the two all-star, I mean, it's not two all-stars, the two all-swag players that we have coming back, you know, with the, a bevy of talent and the experience that people got thrown into last year, like uh, TJ Demas and TJ Lee. I mean, he has a wealth of opportunities, and they'll have to battle it out. And I guess for me, this is my personal thing, um, defensive tackle. I mean, we have a lot of senior folks, and, you know, I, I mean, I'm going to, send you what I got to load up on the website, but we have a lot of seniors and graduate students at the defensive tackle. So the bevy of talent that we had and that we accumulated young talent on the transfer portal from, from the, uh, and Chris Reed and Quan Lee and all the others who transferred in with a couple years of experience. We do not have that at defensive tackle. We have some, depth and we definitely have experience well we have experience right. but it'd be nice just looking ahead to next year you know they're gonna have to at least in my opinion i don't know what they got going on but just based on what i've seen at the roster and the offers of people that have come in who are also graduates or had a one or two year left defensive tackle this year we should be good if everyone stays healthy next year they're gonna have to be they're gonna have to get on their horse to get some defensive tackles i think we're pretty solid in every other position uh, Kelvin, quickly give you a chance to, uh, if you, I, I saw you had your hand up, go ahead and jump in there quickly before we go over to uh, Reed. The one phase of game people tend to ignore, special teams. Mm. New long okay. snappers, new field goal kickers, the punter is a existing All-American, but he's not worked with this particular long snapper, but I think he'll be fine. But field goal kicking, um, long snapping, and, and just the snappers in general and a return game because we were that was the one area on special teams we were still everywhere else but our our return game was you know middle to, to the, the bottom of the pack so we got a lot of talent so hopefully we'll we'll make that next step all right we will come back and we'll talk a little bit more uh about you know football here coming up and and also just to give you guys a teaser we are working on putting putting together some shows strictly football related shows i know you guys are starving for that so we will have some upcoming shows where we are strictly focused in on football but let's pivot to our first guest for tonight uh he is a famu recruit coming up into this class of uh well i guess for this 23 24 season um and uh, he comes all the way from uh, Queens College, uh, and and from uh, the New York area, and let's uh, let's welcome on 
Reed Hoskins onto the program. Reed, how you doing tonight? Thanks for joining us. How we doing tonight, guys? Doing good. Doing good. How are you? We're blessed, man. Good to have you. Um, let's make sure we make sure we got him. All of a sudden, we we got him, and then we don't have him. So I know he's there. Little connection issues, I think. Okay. Hold on. There we go, Reed. We got you now. How we how we doing tonight? How we doing? Hello. Hey, we're doing all right, man. We're doing. How are you doing? I'm real good. Real good. Hey, that's. Hey, first off, first off, I, uh, where what room are you in? It's a lot of uh, a lot of nice plaques, a lot of Obama. Where, where are you at right now? <laughs> this is like my father's office area where he does all of his work. So this is all his, uh, you know, stuff on the wall. That's what's up. That's what's up. Okay. Well, hey, Reed. Uh, first off, man, welcome to the welcome to the family. Uh, glad to have you uh, ready to join uh, the uh, the uh, SWAC baseball champions and joining this uh, great program give us uh tell us a little background about uh you and and how you uh found famu uh you're coming from queen's college uh you had some some great seasons there uh how did famu end up on your radar um so firstly um i'm from Baldwin, new york uh out in long island and i played four years at queen's college you know did well there Loved it there, great school. And uh, the way I found about, I always knew uh, about FAMU, just, you know, being around. I heard of the school. And um, I always wanted to play, like, HBCU baseball. And um, looking through the SWAC, all the teams in the SWAC, if there was one school I wanted to go to, it would be FAMU. So when I entered the portal, I just emailed Coach Shoot, and I sent him some videos, sent him my stats, told him about me, and he gave me a call back. He said he loved it. And he wanted to bring me on board. That's how it went. All right. Nice. Go ahead, Marcus. Uh, well, actually, that was my first question about what brought you to FAMU. But let me jump into this. And once again, thank you for accepting our invitation. Um, I guess it's a two-part question. What are your expectations in going from Division One to the – I'm sorry, from Division Two to Division One baseball, if anything? And I guess uh, the, the second part of the question, or what was your thought process or what was your uh, catalyst for jumping in the portal? So uh, moving up from Division Two to Division One, um, it would definitely be, you know, a challenge. Um, some of the velocity faces, the velocities that you face at Division One, you know, guys throw a little harder, maybe have a little more break. So it definitely will be, um, you know, a little bit of a learning curve, but it shouldn't be, you know, baseball is baseball anywhere you go. So. It shouldn't be too much of a um, of an issue making that adjustment. Um, and what was the second part of your question? I'm sorry. Uh, what was your uh, What was your catalyst for getting in the portal? All right. Um, so at my school that I was at before, they didn't really have any uh, master programs that I was that I was interested in studying. So that was really what um, you know pushed me to the portal. It was really on the school side of things because the baseball side of things. You know, we were a great team. We won our conference championship um, this past year. So we had a real good squad. But, you know, there was nothing at the school that I really wanted to study. Mm-hmm. And, you know, moving up to Division One is always a positive. And uh, a school like FAMU is definitely always a positive. So, Okay. Well, thank you. Go ahead, uh, Kelvin. Wow. 
as uh, as we look at some of Reed's uh, highlights uh, from uh, from his uh, past season uh, at Queens College. Go ahead, uh, Kelvin. So yeah, I want to. Um, first, I want to know, you know, going from New York to Florida. Have you been to Florida before? Uh, have you lived in the heat and the humidity and away away from the from the cold and the snow? Um, I've been to Florida, but I was like a little kid, so that was a long time ago. But yeah, definitely gonna have to get adjusted to the heat and all that um, humidity and everything. Cause it's definitely a whole different ball game down there, um, and I heard the hills on campus are, are a little crazy. <laughs> you, know, you heard right. You heard right. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. Okay. So, what what is your uh, what did you get your undergrad in, and what are, what is your interest in terms of a master's program? So I got my undergrad in economics, and I had a minor in business administration. And then um, for my master's, I'm going to be uh, studying sports management at FAMU. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Now to the baseball stuff. So mm-hmm. what what's your position and what, what, what you think is your best position? And then did you get a chance to watch the team last year, FAMU, I'm speaking of? They uh, mm-hmm. did pretty good in the tournament. Uh, they, they went to the NCAA. They were a power-hitting team, and they have a nice core coming back. So just kind of talk about what position you play, uh, and then um, you know what, what are your thoughts of uh, the FAMU program? Right. So I'm an outfielder. I play uh, left field and right field, and a little bit of first base, but mostly in the outfield. And um, I'm hoping to provide you know uh, some more power in that lineup. Um, but yeah, I definitely I got a chance to watch the team play. I watched some of the SWAT championship, and I watched them in the regional. They played uh, Florida. They played and UConn, I think, was the other team. Yeah. Yep. And they played really well. They played really well in those games. So I, I definitely know it's a talented squad. Obviously, they won the championship. So definitely got a lot of guys there that could play. Um, and I'm excited to, you know, help them become repeat champions. Definitely excited. Hey, Reed, one of the things that as I look at your your stats and uh, from your 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 past season where you uh hit 351 uh in terms of your batting average uh had a a career best seven home runs drove in 41 RBIs um i noticed here like the difference between your sophomore year you you had some interesting sophomore junior senior seasons it's like you had an out really really high, really, uh, obviously your first, well, let me backtrack. Your freshman year was actually the year of COVID. So right. you lost that year, which is why, you know, you have one to two years of eligibility still in your, as a grad transfer for, right. for people who are wondering. Um, freshman year, you came out the, or I guess it would be your sophomore year or your first real year. You came out the box, you were hitting like three, I think it was like 357 if I'm if I can yeah. see these little numbers but it, you had a good you had a good first year second year it's almost like you had that quote unquote sophomore slump yeah. whatever that is and then you came back strong talk a little bit about what you did you know to get back to where you were uh you know talk the little transition there from your first second and third year right so after my second year very down year obviously 
Um, I figured out that most of my problem was mostly mental, a little bit mechanical, but mostly mental. So um, going into this past season in the fall and in the winter, I made sure to find out what type of, um, you know, what type of drills I should be doing in order to perfect, you know, my swing, making sure I know where I'm at in the pl on the plate. Because the, the problem I was having in my the season that I was down was the outside pitches were looking real outside, even though they were strikes, and the inside pitches were looking real inside, even though they were strikes. So I just what I did in that off season was I set up the machine and I would just track pitches inside, outside, understanding where the where the strike zone is, understanding where the plate is, and that's what really helped me a lot. Um, you know, improve from that season. That's uh, that's pretty good. You you yeah. you uh, you, you did that work. kind of analysis on your own or you had some coaches or a parent helping you with that? I did most of it. I did on my own because I, when I was, when I was playing in the games, I realized like I would take a pitch and I would think it's outside and the umpire would be like, strike. And I would be like, there's like, there's no way. And I just had to, you know, reevaluate myself in that off season and get back on track. So it was mostly myself, you know, obviously coaches helped me too. Um, you know, friends helped me as well, teammates, but it was mostly myself. It was self-analysis. Hey, that's uh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Uh, um, go ahead, Marcus. Uh, well, as you, if you follow the Rattlers over the last couple of years, we've played in some classics. Uh, a couple in Atlanta, uh, the Gar Aaron Classic, and New uh, Orleans. Had folks in New Orleans, and we've played Andre Dawson in the Andre Dawson Classic. So, I guess my question is. Um, wanted to ask are you excited about the possibility of playing in those classics and potentially meeting ken griffey jr yes definitely excited about that i saw i was watching the uh the classic that was going on during the all-star break and i saw all uh, the guy the fam you guys playing and i saw them all meet ken griffey and i was like that was just crazy like that must be a crazy experience like if i was blessed enough to have the chance to play in that game like it would just be amazing so definitely his son plays on the football team, so you might not have to wait till the game. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. His okay. son's a, a red that. shirt. I want to say what? Red shirt sophomore? Junior? junior yeah, he's going, he's going his red shirt junior year. Yeah. Red shirt junior. So, yeah. So, you might get a chance. Actually, when I was down there last year, we walked right past him. I was like, oh, my God, that's Ken Griffey Jr. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just to let people know again, uh, let people know again what position you play. Uh, as we had a couple people jumping in, maybe join us a little late. Oh, I, I play uh, outfield, left field, and right field, mostly the corners, and uh, ability to play first base as well. Okay, I thought I read something that said first base as well. That's why I was kind of, mm -hmm. I was wondering. I saw you uh, went to outfield, um, but uh, okay, okay. Um, what about the HBCU? Uh, environment or culture? Um, do you have any people in your family that have HBCU ties? What What is it maybe about the HBCU environment that you are looking forward to? Um, no one in my family um, attended HBCU. As you know, I have a cousin that's going to Stillman this, this upcoming year to play baseball as well. Oh, so nice. he'll be over there. And um, I have a couple of friends that play um, in the SWAC uh, one of them on Grambling, Mike Edwards, he plays in the SWAC right now. So he told me about, you know, the culture and how the games be and everything. So, you know, I'm definitely excited to see what, what it's about because it's definitely different. I could tell that it's different from uh, New York baseball. True. Yeah, it is. Definitely. Yeah. Um, 
And you have you had a chance? When do you when do you make it down to campus? When are you planning to head down to campus? Uh, I don't have an official day yet, but you know, sometime mid August before classes. Okay, okay, okay. Still working that out. Um, Kelvin, uh, go ahead if you want to get in a last question or so here with Reed. Yeah, um, a couple of classes uh, we mentioned are former Rattler greats are are named those classes are named after. You know, Andre Dawson, who's our uh, Hall of Famer, then um, uh, first black manager uh, of the Braves, uh, uh, Coach Lucas. Yeah, and then, of course, we had Vince Coleman and uh, Hal McCray, who also played professionally and were pretty pretty stellar. Uh, were, my question is, I guess, were you familiar with that history at all, uh, Prior to you jumping in the port and start looking for uh, reaching out to FAMU, uh, and, and did that have any? If you were for me with it, did it have any impact on the on the decision at all? Uh, prior to hopping the portal, I I did know that Andre Dawson went to FAMU. I, I did know that, and that definitely had an effect. You know, obviously he's a legend in the game, one of the best players, one of the best outfielders of all time. So, um, yeah, definitely you know playing at a place that he played at. I definitely um, had some weight in my decision as well. Okay. Well, I, I got to admit, uh, one thing I really like there, uh, Reed, is uh, you got a lot of praise when you first put your info out in the uh, on Twitter. And and uh, one of the scouts from that area uh, right. was very high. You, you weren't in the portal long, were you? No, I was only in the portal for about two, two three weeks. Um, yeah, you're doing something right. You're doing something mm-hmm. right. If you if you weren't in there that long, that that means, <laughs> <laughs> that means you're doing something right. Um, and and give a shout out to your 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 people who who did the design work for you on your commitment graphic, man. That, that's, <laughs> some, that's some awesome stuff right there. Yeah, if anybody wants a you know a graphic, hit up Drew Visuals on Instagram. He's 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 a great great dude. You know, works quick. Great guy. Definitely. That's what's up. That's what's up. And there you see, folks, some of the some of the uh, information, one to two years of eligibility. Definitely. Uh, you can see some of the numbers and uh, man, good stuff there. Good stuff. Two. What do you say, we Marcus? Need, we need two years. Yeah. OK, so you got to <laughs> Marcus said you got to make sure to stretch that uh, that grad program out. Don't be so quick to, to rush out. Trust me, you get there that first year. You're not going to want to run. You don't want to be there for the for the full two years. I, I'm making a guarantee about that. Um, I second that. Yeah, we second that. Uh, Reed, man, uh, want to give you an opportunity to maybe give a shout out, say hello, uh, give out your social media handles. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. We look forward to uh, to seeing you uh, and wearing the uh, orange and green and, and putting on that uh, baseball hat. Uh, so give, I'm going to give you the last word here. Any last uh, shout outs or – uh, any plugs you want to give? Um, I'll just say thank you guys for having me. Um, it was a great experience, definitely. Um, my Instagram is my my first and last name, Reed Hoskins. And um, I'll just shout out I'll shout out my my family, my mother and father, my two brothers, and um, you know shout out to my coaches at Queens College if they're in here. I don't know uh, Coach Reardon and Coach Smith. Uh, they really helped me become the player I am today, and um, I'm just very thankful for them. And they're very supportive of my decision to leave as well. So uh, that's it. 
Hey, well, you you left out of there with a with a ring, with a with a with a championship. So, you know, you'll be in good company when you when you get to Tallahassee, and then uh, hopefully all y'all can get a a second one. That, that's right. what we're shooting for, trying to get a second one. Well, uh, Reed, we we know you, and we know your family. You guys are gonna enjoy uh, the first visit to Tallahassee. Uh, Kelvin, any any places they need to stop when when the family and them come down? Where give a give a give a quick one two spots they need to hit up when they when they get to Tallahassee. Well, I mean, they're probably gonna have a short window when they when they get here, but um, you know, there's quite a few couple of local spots that are are. I mean, what did you like to eat? Uh, I eat everything. I oh, eat everything. that's good. Can't, can't ask a college kid what they like to eat. <laughs> you know, every, everything. I mean, come on. He's a growing boy. He's going to say everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, you know, we, there's, a, there's, there's a couple of barbecue barbecue spots close to campus, as well as Olean's, mm-hmm. which is a legend here. And they yeah. actually have pictures with uh, Obama. Uh, who also, when he came a couple of times, uh, they have pictures on the wall, a little small soul food hole, hole in the wall type place. But uh, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we 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 got several spots, man. You when, when you get down, we, we you, 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 between your teammates and Rally Nation, we'll make sure you're well taken care of. Definitely. All right, and uh, during during football season, if you happen to see us or you see some guys broadcasting, give us a shout out. We'll we'll look for you, but sometimes we we miss. But uh, mm-hmm. if you if you see us bumping around, uh, give us a give us a shout, man. You know, uh, don't be a stranger. We're gonna look for you and uh, safe travels down to Tallahassee. You and your family. Thanks for coming on, and again, welcome to the family. All right. For sure, appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thank you. All right, all right, Thank later. You. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, somebody. One more suggestion here for you. Sending them to Joe. All right, Joel. Downtown, Joe. Joel. Downtown. downtown. So now you got two spots there, Reed. You well, got Olean's. Well, 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 Joel. Olean's for breakfast. Joel is for for lunch or brunch. There you go. See, nah, you go. I'll be writing those down. All right, all right, all right. Reed, take care, man. God bless, yes, and we'll sir. see you. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, good stuff, fellas. Hey, let's take a short break. And come back and talk to uh, Coach Tiffany Johnson and uh, see if we've got Dylan to join us as well. We're going to find out about the uh, Coach Johnson, what she's been doing ever since she was an all-star pitcher for uh, FAMU softball back in the – it feels like – I don't want to say back in the day, but because it's still like, like a few years ago for me. But anyway, uh, <laughs> we'll come back and talk to Coach Johnson Right on the other side, I think Marcus will be back too. You're watching the ONG Strike Zone right here on the Black College Sports Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Itchy, squirmy, scratchy, family not getting clean. Get Charmin Ultra Strong. Go get him. It just cleans better. With a diamond weave texture, your family can use less while still getting clean. 
Goodbye, Itchy Squirm. Hello, Cream Bottom. <laughs> <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At Hampton Law, our primary goal is to provide non-traditional yet effective solutions and redefine the approach to client legal concerns. As your trusted legal advisor, we believe in sophisticated, personalized services that eliminate the confusion and complexity sometimes associated with legal matters. Our high standard for client care and concern, coupled with our extensive legal knowledge and skills, make Hampton Law a resource focused on the protection of the client's interest and overall goals. We value our clients and truly enjoy working with them. Visit thamptonlaw.com to conveniently schedule an appointment online. Tamika Hampton, Esquire. 1631 Rock Springs Road, Suite 336, Apopka, Florida, 407-494-1471, thamptonlaw.com. Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge, featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com Stride K-12 powered schools are ready to put over 20 years of being a leader in online education to work for you. Dive into curriculum design for the online classroom. Team up with state certified teachers nice. trained in virtual instruction. Take control of your child's education journey. Discover the power of personalized learning with a leader experienced in preparing kids for a future they can be excited about. Take charge. Stride K-12. Enroll now for the fall. Welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Uh, oh, here we go. Okay. Hey, uh, all right. Just had to make sure we got our we got our guest right away. Okay, let me go ahead and introduce our next guest uh, coming on the show. We've got head coach Tiffany Johnson from Tony's Promise. Uh, but more importantly, she was a FAMU Rattler back in uh, the 06 softball season. And then right from Tallahassee, Florida High, Miss Dylan Suggs joining us, who was a member of that team as well. How are you ladies doing tonight? Good. How are you? All right. Let's see. We got everybody here. Okay. Good to see you. Hey, um, let's kind of start before we um, – um, I know, Coach Johnson, we, we did – we talked a little offline uh, as well, but I want to give – just a little we're not gonna go too deep into all of the backstory but i mean you, you did win a championship with FAMU softball so i wanted to give uh you a chance to kind of talk a little bit about your time at FAMU, 
winning that title, working with Coach Wiggins, and just what memories you have of your time in Tallahassee. Oh, you're on mute, Coach. You're on mute. Sorry, I can just tell you that my time at FAMU was one to remember. Um, so I came in in 05. I'm a, I came in for a year, but I would say that the relationships that I built for that first year, that first year lasted a lifetime. Um, big ups to Coach Wiggins. Um, when I when I actually came to on my recruiting visit, which we talked about, um, at that time in my life, I didn't know where I wanted to go, um, but I was honest. I felt like my parents um, like basically poured into me and my sister our whole lives when it came to softball. And my sister left and she went to South Carolina State. Like she left, she dipped out. And for me, I just felt like I'm indebted for my parents to, to see me play. Like they put all this money in. So when I went on my recruiting visit, it's crazy because I wanted the HBCU experience, but I also wanted to go be close to home. Um, so when I went, I went to um, Bethune-Cookman um, recruiting visit and FAMU and FAMU actually was my last recruiting visit. And oh, y'all like, Lord knows I had a great time. And um, I told Coach Wiggins my truth. And I am forever indebted with her because I told her like how I felt. And she was like, look, we'll be grateful just to have you for one year. And I was like, really, Coach? Because I always wanted the HBCU experience. And and she gave me that opportunity to play, you know, at an all-black school. And my like my brother went to Morris Brown, played football. My sister played football at South Carolina State. But for me, the only schools that were in the heart of Atlanta, which I'm born and raised, um, was Georgia Tech, Georgia State. Um, and I was recruited by all those schools. However, I always I was always a Georgia Tech fan because of Atlanta. Um, you know, a lot of people associate uh, Atlanta with UGA, but it's Georgia Tech. So for me, I'm just grateful to be able like for Coach Wiggins, FAMU, like the sisterhood. I still, you know, connect with a lot of my old teammates. And then I still connect also, too, with some of the girls that played before me. So the opportunity. I'm very appreciative. Um, I do go to homecoming. Um, I haven't been in a while, but I used to still go to homecoming as if I still attended um, FAMU. So I'm just forever grateful. All right. That's what's up. Um, again, for, for folks who may have forgotten, uh, <laughs> Miak, uh Rookie of the Year in 06, uh, second team regular season, but first team conference. Uh, in the conference tournament, uh, well, you're shaking your head. Well, you should have been first team, right? I should have been first team, but it's okay. Think of, look, I mean, you know, I'm not right. trying to say, think about that. Think of that. Think about that, though. I, we, I question it to this day, like, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> you're not holding on to anything there, are you, coach? It's nope, all good. Just, it's okay. It's all good. Hey, so uh, uh, let me. Okay, so I'm gonna throw this over to Kelvin and uh, Kelvin and Marcus, and and we got Dylan. So Dylan, we we're gonna get to you in a in in in, in just a moment here as we get to talking about Tony's promise. But uh, we want to make sure we get everybody in. So Kelvin, I'll go ahead and give you the first question, and you can feel free to. You got Tiffany and uh, Dylan there, so I'll switch back and forth however you go. Okay, I'm a, I'm gonna start with Coach first. And I just want her to talk about since she's uh, – are you still playing any kind of competitive softball uh, outside of, you know, what you do with the coaching? And just kind of talk about what you've done since you stopped playing softball over the last few years and, and how this whole concept of uh, uh, of, of your, your all-star group came about. Um. So, so I finished – I graduated in 2010. And once I finished, I actually went to uh, Mississippi Valley State 
and I played, I mean, I uh, was an assistant coach there. Um, I just felt like I wasn't mature enough for the position. So I ended up moving back home. I ended up working in the school system. And then I actually ended up getting my sports management degree, um, master's. Um, once I got my master's, Bethune-Cookman offered me a job right away. Um, I went to Bethune-Cookman. I started coaching. I was a pitching coach. Um, and then I got knocked out. I got knocked unconscious when we were in California at the, um, the city, I mean, the uh, Cathedral City Classic. And that kind of just changed the whole my whole career path because I wanted to go into coaching. And it kind of took me away from coaching. Um, so, I mean, Bethune Cookman took a chance on me. So I ended up going to higher, I mean, higher ed academics and then student athlete development. And I actually would train girls when I would come home. And I, in between, like when I had the time, I would like connect with um, local organizations back home and, you know, the help out and stuff. But coaching was kind of, it was kind of hard for me to get back into coaching. And how I got here uh, with Tony Promise. So my friends from college, they are, um, the CEO and owners of or the, of the organization. And um, they knew my history with softball and I was from Atlanta and they had been trying to get me to join like their, their organization for a long time. But um, once I kind of like softball, like when I got knocked out, it was hard for me to go back to the game because it took so much from me. I had to kind of pivot and that was hard for me. Like I battled like a lot of things and cause I had, I actually didn't work for a year when I got knocked out. So um, but they took a chance on me and they and actually they've been trying to get me apart for a while. And I finally gave in. And and then Tony Promise was created. Um, and here we are. OK. All right. My next question is for Dylan. Dylan, talk about your softball journey. How long have you been playing? Uh, what position do you play? And um just uh, your experience in, in working in some of these all-star games. Well, let's say specifically the one that you just got through participating in uh, up in, uh, was it Seattle, I think it was? Yes, sir, it was yeah. Seattle. All right, so yeah. So I've been playing softball for a long time now, since I was in third grade, but I didn't really get into the travel circuit where everybody gets recruited until two years ago in 21, beginning of 21 January. So I started fairly late compared to the other girls that get recruited and go D1 and all that stuff. So I felt like that actually motivated me to work harder so I could prove to other people that like didn't think that I would make it as far as I have now in such a little amount of time because most girls start in the travel circuit when they're nine, 10, 11, and I started when I was 14. So coming late out the gate really did motivate me to work as hard as I have to get here now. Um, I play first base for my travel ball team, um, D1 Vision, and I play also at my school ball um, at Florida State University Schools. And with the whole Seattle experience, when I was contacted by Cameron Hollins of the Minority Softball Prospects um, Organization, saying that I was selected to be on the team, at first, I couldn't really believe, because I looked at the lineup of people and I know I can compete with the people, but I was just like, me? Like, I was excited. Like, I was like, okay, let's go, let's go for it. So it was all kind of, it didn't all feel real until I stepped off the plane. And with the whole experience, with MLB conducting the whole experience, I couldn't be around my parents. I was treated like a superstar. I'm like, okay, rightfully so. So I was excited, <laughs> I was excited the whole time I was there. 
And I actually met Coach Tiff at the airport. She was the first person I met on the team. And my mom had already known her through connections through FAMU and so-and-so. So I was like, okay, it's going to be fun. And like with a connection with the girls, we were just, we we're all such a group, talented group of people. And the fact that we were able to come together, not knowing each other, play our best ball, you know, played our best ball against everybody else. It was just, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. I would do it all over again for sure. Awesome. Boy, boy, does she, boy, can you hear her mother in her? I hear it. I hear it. I love it. I'm holding back tears. Like I got, I got my little towel here as I get emotional as I'm as I'm listening to this boy. You don't even know. Uh, Marcus, go ahead for uh, Coach or Dylan. Yes, actually, this co this question is for both. Uh, so, good evening, Miss Johnson and Miss Suggs. Good evening. I wanted to ask. Um, in 2021, and this is kind of switching sports a little bit, but I wanted to ask the ramifications. In 2021, March of 2021, there was, I guess, a slight protest or an embarrassment by the NCAA of the women's basketball in terms of revealing the all the accoutrements and the difference in treatment for the women's basketball team. I wanted to ask, what changes have you seen in any in terms of in terms of softball, has it improved in terms of the overall recruiting experience, in terms of how softball players and the tournaments and the NCAA uh, managed events have gotten better, if anything? And just what have you seen in terms of the growth of the sport, in terms of support, not only within from your community, but also from the organizations at large? Well, for me, um, I can say that like I'm just really getting back into everything. So everything has changed completely since mm -hmm. I've played, since I've coached. Um, I would say things have gotten a lot better. There are a lot more platforms that are that are exposing our young black athletes, not only, you know, females, but males. And they're getting their name out there. Um, and obviously minority softball and baseball prospects is one. And that's how Tony Promise came along. Um, I think that the game is changing, especially for women, um, not just softball, but every other sport you're seeing, you're seeing a lot of us now. And I think that's important for little brown girls to see themselves in us, Dylan, Tony's Promise. And like when we were out there in Seattle, like, like their faces like lit up, like everybody was intrigued by the, by these young women and I was too honestly because you know coming into it I have a lot of big time athletes on this team <laughs> oh my god y'all got that picture <laughs> um but you know you have a lot of big time athletes and everybody I'm not saying that everybody is um like they have big egos but you know everybody is like the star on their team coming to one big team that's a, you know, a star to a team and a lot, I like our girls truly humble themselves. You know, I don't know. It's just exciting. Y'all. I'm not going to lie to you. Our girls truly humble themselves in this process. And I just think the game is changing. I'm um, like, like Dylan said, like they were treated like superstars and this is just the start of a new beginning. You know, minority um, softball prospect opened up a lot of doors and uh, in the database and the things that they're creating, you know, and I'm excited to be a part. For me, I would definitely say since I've started playing, I've seen a lot of growth within just my experiences alone on the first travel ball team. <clears throat> on the first travel ball team that I was on, I was the only minority almost in the whole organization. And now I've come from that to being on a team 
like my regular travel ball team almost full of minorities for themselves. So I've definitely seen like along my path, I've definitely learned more about the game and watched it grow in the sense that the Women College World Series has outviewed the Men's College World Series for the past two years now. So that just in itself, that just in itself is amazing to me and I'm excited to see the game grow more. Okay, All right, well, thank you both. Hey, um, I'll, I'll start with uh, you, Dylan, while you're here. Uh, where were some of the the highlights of the weekend? I mean, I, I've seen the photos. You guys went to the to the market. Um, obviously, you guys were, were treated like stars. But just talk about the the experience that you you had from you know from playing with a group that really I don't think you, according to coach, you guys didn't really know too much of each other prior to maybe what a week or so so talk talk us through that experience and maybe a, a few highlights that you can uh, recall so a highlight on the field was the championship game everybody in the stadium was against us we made it so much better when we won because i was just like so <laughs> pumped like i wouldn't i don't want to say they didn't want to see us win but they didn't want to see us win <laughs> they, were, they were in on the other team's dugout cheers. They were just cheering if we had messed up in the slightest bit. But I feel like even though we had been winning the whole tournament, that's when we really came together and was like, okay, we're not going to let what they say determine how we play. And even though that score was probably the lowest score that we played in a game, because we were like blowing teams out of the water. But since that was like the lowest point or the most – Right, the most competitive, competitive in a sense. I feel like that really showed us how we could come together and play, not even as teammates, just as sisters of all being the same minority or part of being a different minority and just all coming together and playing our best ball. Like that was one of the best games that I've ever played in my life. Well, con congratulations on on doing that, um, Coach. If you would talk about, you know, if you can this group of young ladies, how they, how they changed your life a little bit. I, I think we, we talked about it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go to try to get y'all emotional, but no. you know, just, <laughs> I, I, so, so just talk about the experience and, and how they impacted you and, and maybe some ways that you didn't even process prior to coaching them. So I'm going to, to kind of sum this all up because it's, I, I'll be all over the place. I'm going to read you something that I wrote to them. And I posted it. But for me, um, they changed my life forever. I cried. I cried mm -hmm. because I did not want to leave them. Literally, boohoo tears. And then the lad, the picture that y'all have up was I looked mean, but I had just finished crying and they wanted to take a picture. But, you know, it was just, <laughs> you know, these girls played a crucial role for like our young black little girls, you know. And for me, like, it was amazing. Like, I, play, I mean, I play for an all black team, however, but this was like the only black team in like the, I would say probably the, not the state of Georgia, I would say, or Metro Atlanta. And we would go and we would play and, you know, people would look at us like with disgust, like, you know, like it was just, it's just, oh, but I can tell you what these girls mean to me. So this is what I wrote. I said, dear Tony's promise. I want to take a moment to express my deepest gratitude for allowing me to assist in coaching you ladies, such a historic team. 
Minority Softball Prospect and Player Alliance, MLB, I'm forever indebted for what you represented. This experience was truly unforgettable, and it would never be possible without you. As a former Black athlete myself, watching you ladies play truly displayed Black girl magic and joy. I had the honor of witnessing the incredible athleticism, individuality, and sisterhood of these young women of color. It was an absolute joy to be a part of this historic all-Black team who and what we were playing for, Tony Stone. Tony Stone was an American baseball player who was born on July 27th in Minnesota. She was the first, fe she was the first female professional baseball player to play in the Negro Leagues. Your resilience, teamwork, and unwavering bond was a true inspiration, and I feel so privileged to have worked with you all. Playing for Tony Stone legacy meant to uphold her pioneering efforts and to honor the path she paved for women in sports. It meant to recognize the struggles she faced in a male-dominant sport and continue to break down barriers for, fe for female athletes. It meant to play with resilience, dedication, and passion for the game that Tony herself embodied. All of you ladies embodied Tony and what her legacy stands for. Every single young woman handpicked for this team carried out the plan and the vision of the team, executing it executing the excellently and settling the bar high for young ladies to come afterwards. Thank you for being such a fantastic group of young women to work with. The cheers, talent, poise, personalities, and love are just a few things that I enjoy. The list goes on. You have made this coaching experience an unforgettable one for me, and I will cherish it always. I have no doubt that your future is bright, and I can't wait to see all the incredible achievements that lie ahead for your collegiate careers. So that's what they meant to me. Wow. Thank you. D so Dylan, you <laughs> wow. Um, Dylan, what uh, any any thoughts you want to share there when you hear those words from from your coach? How does that uh how, you know that that's a heck of a way to go in? You probably had a great summer, it sounds like. How does that motivate you for the upcoming school year? Your your senior year, matter of fact. Senior year. Couldn't have come slower, actually. I'm so ready to be a <laughs> and get out of the house and explore. But I feel like everybody says that everybody's ready to leave until they actually leave. So, but I I just feel the whole time I was there, throughout the whole summer, just I felt value. Like I felt like I belonged. Like when mm -hmm. I first started playing softball, like with the teams, as I mentioned, I was the only minority on my first three travel ball teams or one of three minorities, I didn't really feel like as if I had a place. I knew I was good. I knew that I could contribute to the team. I know I could do my job, but it just really didn't feel like I was valued to do my job or people were commending me for doing my job. And I'm not saying that you have to have someone commend you to do your best, but it just, it didn't feel like I fit in. But this past summer, these past, starting back last fall with my travel ball team. I feel like I finally found my place. And then I finally found a place where I was ready to grow, ready for more. And then coming into Seattle, I was ready to grow, ready for more. I feel like I clicked amazing with the girls and I played amazing with the girls. I feel like I did my job. I feel like we all contributed in our own best way. And I feel like I'm just ready for more. It was an amazing experience, but you can always grow and get better. And I'm going to use that experience to help me get better in preparing to go to college. Wow. Ooh, that is awesome. Congratulations, Dylan. Um, you are going into your senior year. Um, you committed to Campbell University. Uh, Kelvin, you got another question here before we wrap up with Dylan and Coach Johnson. Go ahead. No, I was just going to ask uh, both of them. 
you know, okay. what's next. I know for Dylan's school is uh senior year is next and and she's gonna enjoy that. But I, I I was interested. I I heard you going into it. I I know heard about the commitment, but yeah, I just want Dylan to talk about what's next, what she's looking forward to. Uh, and then also I, I want to, I want coach to kind of talk about what's next for her. And now that she done had this experience, has she got that bug again and want to jump in the coaching, but uh, Dylan, you go first. What's next for me is senior year school starts next Thursday, August 10th. I'm excited. I take my senior pictures August 16th. It's just all surreal. Me and my mom were talking the other day about how I've grown up so fast. And junior year did really fly. Like, it just hit me yesterday. Like, wow, I'm a senior. And, you know, travel ball season, fall season's coming up. I'm working out. I'm hitting every day. I'm fielding. I'm just working on my fundamentals so I can make sure that I'm not in the same place as I was during the summer, even though I, I did have a great summer, as mentioned before, I only want to get better from there. So I'm just working on preparing. Next fall, I'm going to be in North Carolina, away from home, ready to prove myself on an even bigger stage, which I'm sure I can accomplish, but just preparing for the next steps, basically. Are you looking forward to that, Dylan? I am. <laughs> I am. I am looking forward to that. Is, is mom and dad looking forward to that? I don't know. My mom, my mom, she shed a little tear the other day when I showed her my senior. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm it, sure. it'll, it'll all work out. I'm still gonna be their little girl forever, and I'm yeah. only one phone call away, or like mom says, a drive away, which I'm sure she'll take plenty of times while oh, I'm yeah. here. Oh yeah, yep, they definitely will. All um, right, Coach Johnson. <laughs> well, I'm a, I'm in higher ed already, so I will continue to. Um, achieve big things in higher ed. However, I am going to get back into coaching. My friends convinced me, um, minority softball prospects. So, you know, when Tony Promise was orchestrated from like their database and stuff of all like the great talent they had, I mean, it, it's big time stuff that they have going over there. So yes, they have convinced me. So I will um, be a part of the, the history that they have coming in the future. So. Love it, ladies. I love mm -hmm. it. That is awesome. Marcus, you want to get a quick one in here real quick before we before we go to a break? Uh, you know what? I, I don't know if I can follow up after that. You know, oh, don't don't force it. Don't force it. No, can't force it. <laughs> Just please um, in your presence. Well, um, hey, look, I, I think uh, great responses by the folks in the chat room. Um, I think somebody in here said uh, Tiffany, you hit close to 400 as a freshman, as a true freshman. I didn't know all that. See, I thought you, <laughs> I, I thought you were just a pitcher there, uh, coach. Okay, look at that. Boy. Um, so you see why I don't believe the second team stuff? I, now I know. <laughs> yes. I, now I understand. Now I understand. Hey, um, well, first off, ladies, congratulations on what you did this summer. It was fun uh, getting to know about Tony's Promise. Um like I said, Coach, after talking to you the first time, I was like, I was like, wow, we we definitely got to have um, you on. Um, I'm blessed to, to to know Dylan and and the Suggs family for as long as I've known them, and we just had to have Dylan in. I love watching your mom posting highlights every day on Instagram. Every time you hit a bomb, Dylan, I love them. So uh, you know, just congratulations to to both of you, and um, I, I hope this you know lights a fire in a movement. You know, I hope we see more uh, young women of color uh, playing softball and just dominating the way you did. And so uh, 
we, we look forward to following and, and seeing, you know, what's next for you, Coach Johnson and Dylan. You know, we definitely going to follow and see, you know, how, what you do uh, this upcoming year uh, at the at the at the high school level. And uh, what's what's the goal this year on the high school level, Dylan? How far are you try you trying to take it this year? Well, I would like to go to state. There you go. Come on, speak like it into existence. Speak it into so existence. We're gonna speak it out in the air. This is gonna speak it out in the air. One right. game at a time, right, Dylan? One game at a time. One game at a time. All right. Um, any shout outs? Dylan, give some shout outs, social media plugs. Anything you want to plug here? My Twitter is Dylan, D-I-L-L-Y-N <laughs> underscore Suggs, S-U-G-G-S. <laughs> That's where you can find all of my softball highlights if you want to see what I can do. And my Instagram is Dylan, the same way, dot Ashley, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H-H. Yes. She was the only person on the team that had a million of them, but stop. Okay, that was a whole different conversation. It was a misunderstanding. Um, Coach, any any social media plugs you want to share with with uh, the fam? With, um, with so my Instagram is underscore Tiffany underscore J, and I also do photography part time. So my um, Instagram um, for my photography, uh, my, my business is Captive. So C A P T I F visuals at uh, yeah, that's it. Nothing at sorry. Okay. So, yeah. All right, sounds good. Well, uh, again, thank you, uh, thank you, ladies, for uh, for coming on the show and telling us uh, about Tony's promise and, and and all that you accomplished this year. And uh, we wish you the best uh, this upcoming uh, fall and uh, the spring season. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much you for the opportunity. We appreciate. Yes. It. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, uh, Rattlers, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and we're going to talk to Coach G, find out what's going on with our track and field cross-country program right on the other side. Hang tight. We'll be back in two minutes. I have in me the ability to make you a better you. So if you work hard, focus, stay on point, you can do anything. Trust me. We made this track. The human voice has always connected audiences with experiences. Major brands all across America have trusted Kevers Voice time and time again. Conversational, powerhouse, intelligent, and sincere. That's the voice you need for your creative marketing process. K-E-A-V-E-R-S-V-O-I-C-E dot com. Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice, Kevers Voice dot com. Always on, all the time. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Remember the revival? Relive the remix. Reunite for the Orange Blossom Classic. HBCU reunion experience. It's year three, baby, and we back with that fire. Calling all HBCU fans. Labor Day weekend. The I Love. Jackson State University takes on the venomous Florida AM University. Tickets are on sale now. Watch the game in premium style seating or watch it from a luxury suite. And of course, you know the halftime show is going to be epic right here in the 305. The sonic boom of the South and the illustrious Marching 100. 
Who you rocking with? The 2023 Orange Blossom Classic. Don't miss the HBCU reunion experience. Labor Day weekend, Miami Gardens, Florida, Hard Rock Stadium. Trust me, we'll see you there. Oh, oh, oh. Check out orangeblossomclassic.com for tickets and info. All right, welcome back to the ONG Strike Zone. Brian, Kelvin, Marcus here. Uh, we should have Coach G coming up. Um, Coach Garfield Ellenwood coming up here in a moment. Just waiting on him to probably log in, and uh, so we will we will see him shortly. Um, Marcus, you just dropped some info in the chat. Tell people what just dropped. Though I saw some people talking about it in the chat room. But uh, let people know what just dropped about an hour ago. Yes, uh, FAMU Athletics just dropped a mobile app available on the App Store and Google Play. And it, apparently you can get access to Rector Plus and tickets and other features that are included in the app. So I'm excited. I just saw it from the chat and I forgot who actually posted it first. I don't know if it was Tamara T or someone else. And so I know while we were getting prepped in between guests, I actually went out and checked it. And so I got on Twitter and saw that the app had dropped. I've not downloaded it yet, but I'm excited to see what features it has and what they're going to do with it. I know we've talked about it for years about some of the things you could do with an app. And that was kind of what I was alluding to. We talked to Josh a couple of weeks ago in terms of teaming up with that initiative uh, to improve wireless access on the south side if Bragg was going to be included in it and if this was going to be one of the maybe not one of the direct results but if it was something that was going to be come to fruition and may have better success because you can improve the wi-fi access within the stadium and maybe add some features to it yes uh see a couple of people who've already downloaded it i can say i saw the preview of it at swag media day uh, there's Kelvin. Put that up. Hold that up, Kelvin. Hold that up. You just downloaded it. Hold it up again. Uh, I got a chance to see the preview during uh, SWAT Media Day. Josh uh, gave me a little sneak peek of what was to come. I I kind of told you guys offline. It's dope. It was, I mean, uh, let's see. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah, apparently you will be able to uh, not only watch games, listen to audio. I mean, any and everything that the 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 ability of the app to um um to to broadcast the Rattler Sports Network are all there within the app, video and audio. Uh, yeah, Kenya even just pointed out that yes, there is a Ticketmaster link, so it is a one stop shop if you want to. Uh, purchase tickets. Uh, um, I can also say that there will be a map function to it as well. Okay. So when you're on campus, you'll be able to to uh, locate, you know, where and whatever. Let's see. You got a better angle there. I think the reflection is really bad. There. Yes, the light. Got- the light. But I can tell you some things we talked about way back in the pit. And I can, and Kelvin, you're on mute. 
like an app like this, we talked about this like five, six years, maybe 10 years ago. It was like, okay, if we ramped it up, you can get a link to Rattler merchandise. If we ever get merchandise in the stadium, once we get the bathrooms and, and um, concessions set up, maybe even for the VIP sections or if, they, if we ever get suites, you know, have concierge service, bring the stuff to you, you know, even have the program, even though you can link to it, have the program, the football program on a game by game basis. Um, what's that called? What's that term? A pushed to your phone through the app, and they probably already will do that. But all those type of things you could do if you upgrade all the technology and, and get some things tidied up. Yep. And uh, there it is right there. You can go and download the uh, the new mobile app on the Apple App Store, Google Play. Uh, not only, you know, two of the key features mentioned right there, you can you can uh, access the Rattlers Plus feature as well as ordering tickets. Now, I don't know if Josh mentioned it. Does this have the capability, I guess, with the upgrade of Wi-Fi of scanning your ticket and helping to make sure we have accurate headcount and all that stuff? I don't know if it has that capability. Well, I would imagine it would sync all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. Ticketing made easy. Managing season and single game tickets allow you to purchase tickets. Um, you know, students can even claim tickets to upcoming games directly from the app. Um, all of that will be available. Um, yeah, and, and the thing about the, the what you just mentioned there, Marcus, about the whole syncing, that's just a product of syncing all of these numbers so i i will tell you the the one particular game last year where there was an issue there was an issue with the sink hmm. and unfortunately ncaa rules you have to get that number done by the end of the game like you i think you have uh kelvin you might want to correct me or if you recall here you, you've got like less than 24 hours to get that number sent into the ncaa your attendance numbers and if you have a computer glitch and you can't get that stuff synced up, you're SOL. And so you end up having an issue like what happened last year. But for the most part, most of the games were were synced and there weren't any issues. But, you know, the one time it happened, it kind of tr- – trust me, there were more people there than what was reported. That's all I'll say. Hmm. Uh, Rattlers Plus, also exclusive content. So that'll be good. Um, behind the scenes access, special interviews, perks of, you know, for example, I would imagine if any of you saw Coach Gordon, her introductory meeting in the women's basketball locker room, which happened about two, three hours before the actual press conference dropped, that might be the kind of stuff that you get in terms of Rattlers Plus exclusive content. You know, um, obviously, news and notes, schedule and rosters, game stats, live stats, listening to live games on the radio broadcast. Might even be some audio there. Uh, some game day offers. Uh, now, that would be that would be awesome. You know, if you have the app, maybe you could do a flash sale where, you know, you say, uh, depending upon what, maybe if, if it's a particular vendor or uh, the bookstore, maybe one day when the athletics has their own athletic store, you know, hey, you could do a flash sale mm-hmm. and, and say, you know, hey, if you come, you know, come 
to to this vendor at one o'clock, you can get you know twenty percent off with this coupon code, and you put the code in the app. There's all kinds of stuff you can do. So, um, yeah, good stuff there. Good stuff there. Um, want to go back a second and just uh, just uh, say thanks to everybody on the uh, on the chat review. Uh, or actually the conversation that we had with uh, Coach Tiffany and Dylan. Um, good to see you. some good people recognized, uh, you know, their their uh, their hard work and everything. Um, you know, any uh, – here's a – Jeremiah Clark, you're, you're on it today. Got to give you – it's a nice little recogni- recognition piece there. Uh, Harriet Adderley. The first female to appear in a game for FAMU in 1963, believed to be the first female of any race to play college varsity baseball in the country. That's an interesting nugget there. Appreciate you sharing that, Jeremiah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so, yeah, appreciate all you guys. Make sure you you hit up uh, Dylan and um, Coach Tiffany on their social media. Let them know you appreciate them coming on the show, talking to us, as well as Reed. You know, we had Reed on earlier. Make sure you hit him up. Uh, let him know uh, you wish him well. Any any suggestions for him and his family when they come down to Tallahassee, I'm sure it'd be <laughs> much appreciated. Um, so there we go. There we go. So um, we had planned to have on Coach G here coming up. Not sure. We're, we're kind of waiting to see. If uh, where he is, I know we were just a, a a little bit off on our time on when we were supposed to have him on. So hopefully that didn't create too much of an issue for him. Um, but let's go into I, I guess you know. Let me I, hold on. Let me go to one more video here because this one came out from FAMU Athletics as well. Of course, uh, new rings right there for volleyball. And that's the first, uh, I'm sure that's the first, what, three championship rings that will be, that will be made, that'll have to be made. So that's pretty, uh, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I, I guess, uh, Kelvin, are you in a good spot? You want to get into talking about uh, Coach Gordon? You're on mute. You're on mute, Kelvin. You're on mute. You're on mute. Yeah, you got to do it from you got to do it from your end. I don't know what happened there. We'll see if we get Kelvin's uh, audio back. So I'll go ahead and get us get us going here. Going here, um, of course, uh, Friday. We started catching wind that uh, that uh, Bridget Gordon was going to be the, the head coach, the new head coach. Uh, Rattler Nation blog spot was the first to sort of drop that nugget real early Friday morning, and the internet wasn't. And so uh, props to props to the site that only somehow finds a way to drop new nuggets for everybody else. Yes, but uh. 
Uh, they turned out to be correct in the fact that Coach Gordon was named. And so uh, I was traveling personally on the roads, on the highways, so I was able to watch the presser. I was even in the Zoom. All right, Brian. You're fading in and out. Are you sure it's me? Are you there sure you it's go. not you? No, it, it was Now you're cool. clear. Yeah, oh, now you're good. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. So I was I was traveling on the road uh, as as uh, coach uh, was being introduced. I was even on the Zoom call trying to trying to find my way onto the to ask some pertinent questions. I saw Charlie Neal there, and then I didn't see Charlie Neal anymore. So I I don't know. Charlie Neal was there for like a hot second, but I guess everybody who was everybody. That was going to ask questions uh, was was in the building. So, Coach Gordon. First off, I'm surprised that she's just the eighth head coach of FAMU wins basketball. Did you guys, did you guys happen to catch that? Yes, yeah, I did. But you also have to wonder when when um, women's basketball started up with Title Nine and everything. So it may not have. You know, it's not like football where it had a, a long, long time. I don't know how long women's basketball has been around, but I want to say it was in late seven 70s. And a half. Yeah, yeah, seven and a half, somewhere around now. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's a it's a little shorter run, a little shorter history. Okay. Yes. Um, so she she becomes the the eighth eighth head women's basketball coach, um, the second Tennessee volunteer that takes over the position. So you know, Pat Summit, the Pat Summit line is is now well established here at FAMU. And, um, you know, what is interesting about the higher look? It's been three weeks, okay? Three weeks since we did our show and threw out a bunch of names. Three weeks since Gerald followed it up with some names on the uh, – in his Tallahassee Democrat article. And what I find interesting is, A, A, okay, on the positive side, I like the fact that the AD made the decision. Yeah. And she was allowed to make the decision. There was no yes. committee. There was no 15 chamber, uh, 15 member panel to decide who was going to be the next women's basketball coach. It essentially was in her hands. What I also found interesting is the fact when she said there were 500 candidates that she had to start creating a spreadsheet. Now, if you have ever been in a position of hiring people, I have. Some of you may have as well. When you get that many candidates, I am fascinated in the process of how quickly you can come to a decision. And what kind of, I don't know if troubles is the word, but is it is very uh, interesting to me to see the many candidates, many quality people that we pointed out, right? Yeah. And I, I feel kind of like, wow, n- no one had Bridget Gordon on their radar. I don't know why. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, we, we it just was us. Nobody on our crew or anyone that we – I had not heard her name mentioned. So when she said that she received several calls mentioning Bridget Gordon, I, I found that pretty interesting. But also found interesting that she says that she reached out and used a uh, 
a, search, a, firm. a search firm. Now, I don't know what the search firm did because it sounded like A.D. Sykes did all the work herself in, in terms of, hey, I had uh, a person. No, I'm no? pretty sure. That's too, much, that's too much volume to deal with. The reason why you would hire a firm, and this was a minority-owned firm in California, and they actually did put out a tweet after the hire was announced and, you know, announcing their, their contributions. But essentially what they would typically do is is kind of be a conduit. They'll accept the applications. They'll kind of vet some of the, you know, vet the applicants and come up with some sort of ranking system so that uh, the the AD and or, or whoever is doing the, the selection and review can kind of focus in on some of the top candidates and usually there's a criteria that is you know they they use best practices you know where they've done searches with other institutions as well as what what is the university looking for specifically Mm -hmm. in this hire so so i'm sure all all of those things are some of the things that the uh, search firm would have done and then I think the AD would probably was actually filling the calls, doing the interviews, and and trying to get a a feel for the fit with, I guess, her as well as the program. Yeah, and, and I, I'm curious as to, and I guess I'm curious about how many people she spoke to, because if you have 500 candidates, as she said she had. To, to sort of give a thought that maybe this was the only candidate she talked to, that that's kind of that's interesting. I mean, you, I get it. You could have been blown away by the first call. Look, if Bridget Gordon was the first person on your list that you talked to, and you just know, and you just have a good feeling off that conversation, I get it. Okay, maybe she was like, I don't, I don't have to go anywhere else. I had one conversation, and I got it. I feel like this is the right person. You know what I'm saying? And that could have been what happened. I don't think no one asked that question, though, which that kind of bothers me about the presser and everybody who was there. I, I, I give credit to Vaughn, HBCU game day. He was there. He tried. I think he tried to get more information out of A.D. Sykes about the process. Uh, unfortunately, none of our other brothers and sisters who were there covering really went down the path. But I, I, I also think there's this philosophy with hiring a new coach. Someone with her credentials, she knows what winning looks like, right? She's won at every level and done it as a player. Now, true, she has not sat in the number one chair. She hasn't technically been the head coach for an entire season. I don't know to what degree her role was as an assistant coach. Maybe Maybe she wrote the practice plans and did the recruiting. It sounds like she did a lot of the recruiting. Maybe she does a lot of the stuff that a head coach would do as an assistant coach, okay? Uh, Except, obviously, when the bullets are flying on game day, are you making – you know what I'm saying? So that's what – that's when people – when you hear people say, oh, we wanted somebody with head coaching experience. We want somebody who's, who's had the wins and losses. I get it. But let me ask you, fellas. To, to what degree does knowing what winning looks like 
compared to actually being the head person who controls the winning. If that makes I'm, you know. I'm gonna let Marcus go first on this <laughs> Okay. Uh well, I'm gonna say this. Nothing beats experience. And if you've been in the head coach's chair, then you can navigate certain situations, predict certain situations. This is no not casting any aspersions on Coach Gordon's ability or potential for or leading our program. But I guess it you know, observing it and from afar and then getting the chance, and this is just in anything. And then what having had experience doing it and then either growing from that experience or being able to relay some of your previous situations. Uh, it's just, I guess, it takes off the first time luster for me. So I guess that's where I kind of differentiate between the two. But it's no, no, um, not casting a shadow on her hire. But I guess um, from that standpoint, there may be, you know, once again, also we know we have a, a new AD or she's been in the chair for nine months, oh, six, seven months. And to a certain degree, you may ask, you know, you want someone who's in alignment with your program, but then also when you hire a veteran coach, then you have someone who's not as, may not be as pliable and may have something that they're established and want to do versus being in lockstep with your program or doing things exactly. So there's a, a trade-off there as well. Hmm. Okay. Kelvin, your thoughts. So the first thing I'll say is that uh, what I like, like you mentioned earlier, first thing I like was that the AD made the decision. That's the way it should have been. Uh, uh, Dr. Robinson, who was at the presser, you know, communicated that it was her decision. So um, that's that's the process. That's why you hire AD, in my opinion. So, so I'm glad of the process. We also got to remember we had a timeline. I think Coach Pillar last day was uh, the first, mm-hmm. and so so we had to move expeditiously mm-hmm. and um, hiring someone, so, and so that that did happen. Now, for me, as someone who's been an administrator and just been watching athletics for a long time, I can differentiate between someone's playing career and someone's coaching career, and with this particular hire. Uh, that's exactly how I, I kind of view it. Let's be frank. Her playing career is elite. Yes, it is. I mean, championship, multiple championships in college, uh, Olympic gold medal, et cetera. What we hired, though, was a coach. Does that translate? Does that win as a player translate to coaching? Not necessarily. It can does it also translate because she was uh you know all that happened in the 80s does it resonate with today's student athletes not necessarily it can but it but but not but we don't know this particular hire for me is a i wait and see i'm a season ticket holder i'm i'll be at the games every year and i'll be at the games supporting the team and and hoping for the best She's got a lot of things that are working against her as a first-time coach. The timing of the hire, she's got to put a staff together. She's got a team she did not recruit that she's got to try to keep together and learn. And 
put a product on a on the floor that and play all these money games. So it will probably be a challenge if she can win six games, uh, which is what we won last year. Then that's a win. If she win anything over that, that's a plus. Um, in terms of as coaching hire, the names that were put out there, Brian, were people who had experience. All right, head coaching experience, um, and was a little bit more known quantity. Quantity. Now, her background seems to be more in recruiting. I can tell you, recruiting at Tennessee women's basketball is different than recruiting at FAMU. You yes. know, so I don't know if that's gonna is that's gonna re- resonate. I mean, you got to remember, Coach Pill played at Tennessee too, and was a was a pretty elite player and and played for Pat Summit. So. And uh, that that didn't necessarily translate, and she had a similar track record. Frankly, you know, a lot of a lot of mid majors, a few, a one or two power fives as a career assistant. So, so we, we'll have to see. But you know, decision has been made. I'm going to support, and um, and and I hope for the best. But it's, it's a wait and see. It, it it doesn't have the 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 shine. That you know, some of those other applicants that were mentioned and who was available, who was interested, would have had. Yeah, and I, and I think there is some value to having somebody fresh, like Marcus said, um, new AD, getting somebody fresh, somebody that hasn't been uh, sort of a retread, because what you're most likely going to get again, you're either going to get a head coach that is. Uh, from the high school level, even even maybe it was a successful run at the high school level, or you're going to get somebody who had some, some some losing years at the collegiate level due to maybe things out of their circumstances, you know, because you're. Well, that's not true though. We we we, I, I, we at least I know of at least a couple of folks who were interested in, who who were winners and still are winners. Okay. Uh, so I mean. I, Okay. There, there was there, there was even one in the, in the swag, you know, that was uh, allegedly interested, who's uh, pretty successful. So, so that was not that wasn't the only option. Let's okay, not put so that we, out there. we we can cross. Okay, I, I'm glad you said that. So we can cross that excuse line off. Uh, <laughs> wanting a winner, uh, there was another item that you know, in talking to the team, the team said they wanted a winner. Okay, and and what winning looks like is the question that I think needed to be asked by somebody during that press conference in that initial press conference. What does winning look like for someone who is a player and how does being a player with all of the accolades that she has, uh, what's the, give me the male equivalent for Gordon. Would it be, would it be maybe the what, Magic Johnson trying to go to college or trying to – when he went to the pros uh, to coach the Lakers? Would it be – I'm trying to think of somebody on the male level. Patrick Ewing? I hope it's not Patrick Ewing. Well, I mean, that didn't go well. Uh, that that You know what? That's a real good question. Yeah, Patrick Ewing had a great, great uh, year, uh, college year, obviously, pro Hall of Famer. Uh, was an assistant at the pro level. His first yeah. head coaching job at his alma mater mm, didn't go too well. Didn't go too well. Um, jeez, 
So, let me Debbie Downer. Let's look at some positives. Keith Keith said Steve Nash. Yeah, Steve Nash might be a bad one. I'm not trying to be down, Marcus, but what I'm saying is nobody asks, nobody's asking the questions. Now, Mm. we can all bury our head in the sand, but the Saint, we're we're talking about, Kelvin's talking about a six win season. People were giving me shit, excuse my language, for talking about, hey, we improved from three to six wins. And I got people telling me, oh, you capping for pillow. And oh, you, you, you know, uh, she was horrible, blah, blah, blah. Well, I'm not going to accept six wins because y'all told me six wins was too low a standard. So I'm just asking the question of saying, how do you translate? How do you translate the success, the high level of success as a player to coaching a team that has had a, a, a recent history of losing? You're, you're, you got to change the the culture and mindset of teams that have lost and lost Mm -hmm. bad. But you know, Brian, this particular team is new. So I know a couple of junior college kids uh, had pretty good careers and and were successful. And like, we got what, nine new players. So they don't necessarily have the culture of losing, um, that you know, previous teams have had. So that'll be interesting. I'm really interested to see what kind of hiring she does, what kind of staff she puts together. Because I will tell you, I did like her energy at the interview, right? Mm-hmm. And I like what she said. You know, she talked about, uh, you know, she never talked about her stats and so forth. And you know, she was going to be defensive minded, focused, because and that requires effort and tenacity. You can, you you can. Here's some of the passion and fire, uh, the, the 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 player competitive juices coming out of her. But it, I don't know how much it, you know, and the swag is is competitive and pretty much parity. So a new coach can come in. We've seen it, and uh, when when Tamika Reed at JSU came in, and um, the, uh, Don Thorne, I think her name is at Pine Bluff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they they came in. They had decent success for year one. So. It's possible if if you can coach and put together a good staff and get the team to buy in. The only difference, the only, the only thing about this situation, we just don't know until we see it. What we see, mm-hmm. it, it, and also good. we have. I guess she said we have eleven players. Mm-hmm. Now I only Where? saw eight on the on there's the roster. Only eight, yeah. There's only. Yeah, I only saw only... eight on the roster. She did mention there were three on Zoom when she did when actually when we saw the Rattler Plus video afterwards. So I don't know if there were eight in the room or how many were in the room. There were three on Zoom, and there's only eight listed on the roster. And there's a couple of people that we're not sure. You know, they were on the roster last year, and they still, I guess, theoretically have eligibility. We're not sure if they're still on the team. They're at least not listed. So, you know, she said she had 11, but it shows eight on the roster, and you cannot – she can't work with that. No, that's that, what Coach Pillar was working with all that between COVID injuries and all the other stuff. You need fifteen. You she yeah. needs a solid fifteen. She was talking about maybe she didn't know whether she was gonna bring in any new people. She was gonna leave it up to the girls. Ah, nope. Don't leave it up to that, those girls. You need fifteen. You need to go. <laughs> well, but but Brian, Brian, one thing we have to consider now uh, is very late in the season. I get you it. Know, yes, you it don't. Is. You do not need bodies. 
What you need is you got to get the right body. You have to get the right body. I don't care if you have to have a walk on tryout at 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 uh, um, you know put a put a post up and say we're having walk on tryouts. And if those four spots are walk ons, you know let them be bodies because I, I'll tell you what this roster needs. You need some people at the end of it who uh, maybe they have some high school playing in their background. Maybe, you know, they don't have to be a rated star. Obviously you want to have some walk-ons because why you want good practice players. You want uh, good team people and in a worst case scenario, like really worst case, you may have to insert them into a game. You don't want to, but you may have to. So if she's got 11, Hey, great ride, ride or die with those 11, but you need to have those other four because if of your 11, if three get sick and you, you need those other four to help you practice so you can go 5v5. So there's some merits to having a full 15. And I, I know I'm not talking bodies. I'm talking, yes, you want to have quality people. You want to have quality people. Um, so, I again, I, I just think it, you know, um, it, especially it'll be late. Hey, I don't think it's that easy. I, I see um, uh, Mr. Campbell in, in his statement about getting folks from Tennessee. Uh, uh, Coach Pillar wasn't able to do that. She 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 recruited more internationally. Like she had some folks. She had some connections, Canada and so forth. Uh, let me just be frank, and I'm not going to bite the bullet. We don't had this discussion before. You might want to get someone who can recruit. In your own damn region first on your staff she ain't got to do it but have somebody on that staff where the the junior college circuit which is one of the best in the in the, in the nation the high school the aau circuits you got to recruit alabama georgia florida agree mm-hmm. okay all right that's it mm-hmm. and as far as this year even if she has 11 I mean, we're late in the game. I mean, we're what three weeks away from school starting. That's plenty of time. Anybody? Plenty of time. Well, like Kevin said, you want quality, and I, I don't know. I don't follow women's basketball as it relates to recruiting as much as I do. You know, family specific, but I don't follow it kind of like I do for football, where you know some of the five star names across the country, even though they may or may not come to FAMU. But at this late in the game, even in the portal, I mean, there may be some quality in the portal, but I mean, you're three weeks before school starts. What's the likelihood? I I think you I think you guys think it's more challenging than I'm I'm not it is. I'm hey. not saying it's not hard, but I think you're Brian, making Brian, it out harder. Brian, Brian aren't you the aren't you the guy on this show oh multiple times oh who said when is hard, when is not easy. That's winning. I didn't that, say anything that, about going that, that to get four quality players out the portal. Hey, that, that that may not be very hard. That, that is a version of winning. Getting quality no, players at no. this at this late in the game. I mean, everybody who works them typically already, you know, on somebody's roster. Yeah, but again, this is <laughs> this is player. This is this, now okay. So we talk about what's going to separate Bridget Gordon, player development. Player development. You can take a, and we see it all the time, a no star, one star, two star. If you develop them right, and you put them in the right kind of system where they can succeed, 
all of a sudden you get a kid who may turn into score and be more than what she was rated to be. These these scouting things, Kelvin, are not exact sciences. I mean, they 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 do a pretty good job, but there are plenty of misses. And so what I'm saying, that's why I'm saying, you know, it it's not uh it's our, not impossible. Our resources are resources, right? I'm I'm less skeptical of you hypothesizing and projecting that because I, if we had a you know nutrition program and some of the other things and uh, uh, access to the gym twenty four seven some of the things that those other programs do then yes development is is a lot more more possible but there's some built in challenges that was, somebody else brought this up on another show and I thought it was a it was a fair point. And that was, you know, she's not really been at an HBCU or low resource school. How is she? How is she going to deal with some of the things she probably have to deal with uh, being at FAMU? We'll see. But that's that's a that's a fair question, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a fair question. And but but AD Sykes said she was going to give her whatever. Whatever she needed within the within the rules, the, that's what she said. That's what, <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> Has she been on the OG strike zone yet? Well, look if <laughs> yeah, take a sip. <laughs> all right, mo- moving on, moving on. Um, all right, so uh, hopefully we'll hopefully we'll get a chance we, to get. We, we're working on Mr. Campbell. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we 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 all working on that. You talking about call is? Yeah, yeah, we we we're working on it. We're yeah, we might, might have to have Miss Lori though, with the, um, with the button. No, we it, it, the call it, 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 it's it's uh it, it's all good. Hey, um, where uh, let's do this. Let's take a. Oh, no, I'm looking at the time. I'm not gonna take a break. We're just gonna stay here. Uh, no sense in going to a break now. Um. Where else did uh, I know I wanted to get in something else? Um, baseball tournament. I mean, base, the golf outing for baseball. Uh, that was not on my to do, but uh, did anybody? Tough, toughest place to play. In what the are you talking about? Bragg Stadium. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. I saw that. Uh, oh, going to the players. The yeah. players in the swag. Yeah, they say the toughest place to play is is. Uh, Thick thirty six is. Uh, <laughs> you know all the gremlin guys said, "Damn you!" Oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it was that is true. The gremlin guys, they know, they know, they know very well. They know very well. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I okay. Tell the truth, Mr. Campbell. Were you were you one of the people who called AD Sykes about Coach Gordon because? <laughs> Because I, I didn't know any I don't know anybody who mentioned Coach Gordon's name. I'm just asking. It's all good. Um all right. So here here's one that I think that I think we could could get into for a second. Uh our guy, uh my guy Dexter asked about the APC band competition. Um so here's what I'll do. I'll first off, I'll drop a little video. Um this video, of course is the official band of the year announcement. And then after this video, uh, reference a few points that uh, John Grant not only made yeah. on Sunday's BCSN Sports Wrap, 
um, AD, uh, Charles Edmond, Jamie Walker, those guys, uh, well, you know, two of them filled in for me uh, as I was still traveling. But they had a great conversation. That's available on YouTube. Go to our uh, website, uh, our YouTube, MyJBN1, and take a look at that. But, hey, look at this Band of the Year announcement video, and then let's talk about this right afterwards. All right, team. Let's do it. Precision. Rankings. Design. Sight. All part of the winning formula in the fight to become Band of the Year. Championship should be decided on the field. Make some noise. There'll be some high step in here. If you haven't seen him before, you're in for a treat. Ladies and gentlemen, behold. This fall, halftime shows take on a whole new meaning. As HBCU bands throughout the country battle for an opportunity to showcase their excellence at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Each week, fans will be ranked based on top performances, accuracy, and swagger. Fans will be judged on showmanship, musicianship, and technique. By the toughest judges in the world of college bands, four bands, top two from the divisions one and two, will earn the right to face off in Atlanta, where a national championship will be crowned. The Band of the Year, presented by ESPN Events. All right, there you go. The HBCU Band of the Year, the National Championship Competition. And so a couple things that I think if you heard in there. One, uh, let's talk the timeline of this competition. The timeline of this competition will begin – from week zero, the first, you know, from right there on the first, you know, Jackson State, South Carolina State in the MEAC SWAC Challenge. Their, that first halftime show will be one of the uh, – probably one of the shows that those schools will submit. And the competition will run – I don't know exactly the date of the first ranking, but I know the, the end of – the rankings will conclude in mid-November. So most likely the Florida Classic, the Bayou Classic, since those are those two weekends right at the end of the year, those won't be on the table for FAMU, Bethune, Southern Grambling, okay? Because what were we going to say, Marcus? What? Well, I was going to say um... – I mean, well, here's why. The week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. So well, but but it, 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 my, from what John Grant said, the reason they want to cut it off right about the end of that period. And, and I'll tell you, the Division II level and when the Division II season ends, it ends right about the first weekend in November. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's probably the last week. And that what they want to do is they want to, they want to give enough time for a for that final final ranking to come out to build up some excitement and then also to to have those teams those bands 
and those Logist- fan bases, yeah. logistics of them making plans. So, you know, obviously those kids will have to be around. They'll have to fight. You got the logistics of being able to get to Atlanta on the Friday before the Celebration Bowl requires a little more time, you know, with a 300, 200-piece band than it does a football team, okay? Uh, so that's the first thing. So the time frame should be noted. Um, one of the things that he pointed out is that think of this like the college football playoffs. Every other week, beginning sometime in mid-September, when they have their first rankings, every other week there will be a ranking. And so every two weeks, there'll be a new rankings come out and it'll show you who's moving up, who's moving down, who's getting closer to being one of the top two teams. They're trying to build that excitement that people have with the college uh, bowl season. Okay. Um, How teams, how bands will submit. So bands will have an opportunity to submit Band, their performances on a weekly basis or every other week, however they choose to do it. But bands will get an opportunity to submit four halftime performances. And over the course of those four performances, that's how that's how they'll be judged. So, you know, your your best four outings are what, at the end of the day, they're going to look at. Um. I think it's going to be important. Uh, I know that Don Roberts is uh, leading the charge in terms of putting that together and a, a, a rattling of drumline fame. And, and we are that, uh, having him on the show next week. We are working yeah, on having him on yeah. the show next week. The committee and the criteria, I think, is going to be key. I love it. I love the idea because uh, the bands are an important part of HBCU culture and the pageantry. And I, and I love it because it's going to be controversial. No, it's definitely going to generate some buzz. Uh, so, so I think it's a great idea and a great revenue stream. Um, I I don't know this for sure. I don't know if you heard, Brian, but um, during that time, December fifteenth, that's usually finals week. Dorms are closing and so forth. So, th- th- those are kind of logistics and costs. You know, you know that that uh, they're gonna they're, they're gonna have to take care of. They've been the uh, is a, I think is a part of the ESPN event inventory now. Yes. So ESPN owns owns this event, mm-hmm. uh, and it is so so the money is going to be there, and so I, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I actually, and I'm not a band head, but I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, d- you bring up d- a good point, Kelvin, in terms of this being ESPN events and just in the backdrop of everything that's going on with Disney and ESPN. I don't know. Are they going to stream it? Is it going to be pay-per-view? Is it going to be live during halftime of the celebration bowl or the Friday night before the night before? Okay. So it is the Friday night before the celebration bowl. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said that the plan was for it to broadcast probably about a six o'clock start to be finished by eight 30 because they still have to get the Georgia Dome ready, or not the Georgia Dome, the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They have to get the stadium ready for a, like, noon or 1 o'clock game that's going to kick off the next day. Mm-hmm. So they, they want to be finished with everything at a reasonable time so that they have 
the stadium ready for people the next day at at noon. So will it be streamed? Yeah, the, from what I'm from what I was uh, was told or what I heard in the interview, yes, it will be streamed on ESPN.com, probably on ESPN Plus as well. Uh, I don't know if it'll be on ESPN one or two, but um, yeah, the, it, it will be streamed. You, you'll have access to it, and it sounded like you'll have free access to it. Like I, I didn't, I didn't get the impression that it was going to be on a behind a paywall. Okay. And people have an opportunity to buy tickets. Uh, another thing he said, you could buy a ticket for both both events the band championships and the celebration bowl in the exact same seats. So if you want a seat on the 40 yard line, row 30 seat one and two, you could buy tickets for both events in the same spot. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, and Brian, I believe uh, he said that it's going to be two division, two bands, uh, the top two division, two bands in the poll and a top division one HBC bands in the poll. So it's going to be a total of four bands. Correct. It's two championships, a Division Two championship and a Division One championship. And yes, it's just one versus two. So whoever comes out ranked one and two will compete. Uh, one of the things that I didn't quite understand or get, he mentioned doing something with quarters. And so like having one band go first quarter, next band go second quarter. And I don't know, he mentioned a halftime show. And then I don't know if he was moving if if the third and fourth quarter was the same division or maybe it's the next division. I I, I didn't I got to go back and listen and hear that part. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't uh, I didn't quite get that. Um, let me go. I, I wanted to answer Dex's question about moving and feeding the bands. I looked at. I mean, what do they do for the fly? Put it like this. I. I, knowing John Grant, whatever they're doing for the football teams, he won't skimp or allow ESPN events to skimp out on taking care of the bands. Now, to what degree, you know, that's where your that's where your sponsors because it is a little more, right? You that that's let's just say the average band has two hundred kids in it. Well, now you're talking. You got to take care of eight hundred kids, right? Among four bands and, and staff, and um, and and the and the band coordinators and all the other stuff. So that could be that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they even talked about taking care of uh, uh, them in terms of financially. There will be not only a championship, uh, but there will be a financial component as well. So um, that. That'll be uh, that'll be that. Hey, let me uh, let me. I got to give an apology. Uh, I'm I'm going to fall on the sword on this one. Um, Coach G is going to actually. We're going to have to reschedule with Coach G for probably next weekend. Um, I thought I took care of everything that I needed to take care of to get him on the show. Uh, I talked to him today, but I don't think I took care of everything I needed to. I'll just say it like that. So Coach G not being on the show is 100% on me. And so I'm apologizing. Uh, uh, Shaka, I, I apologize. 
Uh, Coach G will not be on tonight. Uh, I'm going to make that up to try to see if we can get Coach on for next week. Uh, but like I said, I, I, I dropped the ball in, in getting some information to him. And this is after talking to him. I, I talked to him this morning, but I, I guess in, in – in, in getting other stuff ready for tonight, I, I forgot to do <laughs> one of the most important things for a guest. And I, so that I, I, that's all on me. That, that's my fault. And so I, I apologize uh, for you guys who tuned in to hear coach. And uh, I definitely apologize to uh, coach. If he's still watching, um, we'll try to, we'll have to try to find a way to get coach in early. I know we got already looking ahead. We got busy shows already. Get it uh, figured out. So, um, okay, okay, okay. Can I get my shoes on the screen, please? Did you put your, did you put your shoes in on the board, or do I have to? Do I have to go through the? Let me see. Where are these? Scroll shoes? down on, on the script. Do my shoes. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna let you talk <laughs> about these shoes because I know nothing about these shoes. Um, here we go. So this is Kelvin in, in the shoes that he wanted everybody to see. All right, Kelvin, go ahead. What about the shoes? Well, they dropping tomorrow. And oh. unlike oh. and unlike the other shoes that uh, Nike has been, these are not going to be dropped on the app. These are actually in stores. Uh, I'll, I'll be ordering mine from uh, Dick Sporting Goods, 10 o'clock in the morning. Hey, so, uh, what are you using to keep these shoes clean? Give me, give me some. I'm horrible with white shoes and keeping shoes clean. What are you using to keep these shoes clean? You asking the wrong guy, man. I try not to wear them that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a pair. I need to. Clean. So you're gonna wear it one time and that's it? That, that's it. Oh my god! See, this is why I don't want white shoes right there. But they, they fly. I, I saw that A and M, Alabama A and M actually got some dropping too. Oh really? Oh they do. Yeah. Yeah. Now I hope now that looks like the font that we use for ours. I hope there's a different font. It's just not like changing colors and it's the same font. Which font? You're talking about right there on the side there? Well the A and M. That looks like the the word mark that was created a few years ago, I believe, when um Angela Sugg was still in. Yeah. Uh, Campbell says to use baby wipes and wipe them down after you wear them. All right, I'll okay. try. I've never heard that one now. Don't don't I've, have me looking like a fool, Mister Kelman. Now, don't be playing. <laughs> well, you 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 do it in the do it in the comfort of your own home, and won't nobody know. And yeah. if it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, only your wife will be looking at you crazy. So what this grown man got baby wipes in him? Uh? <laughs> he ain't got no baby. First off, every grown man should have baby wipes. So that that's the first thing I'm gonna tell you right right off the bat there. Huh? Uh, you want you can't I, explain? I'm just it, I, <laughs> it, I said it. Every every grown man should have baby wipes in the bathroom. Period. I said it. If you know, you know. You know. I don't know, dog. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, <laughs> are we really gonna go there? Huh? Okay. Um, you, need, you need to break it down for a brother. 
No, I'm not, I'm not breaking it down. Nope, nope, nope. Hey, uh, let me make a quick announcement here. Uh, something that uh, we're 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 happy to announce here. A little partnership that we've got working with a good friend of ours, Mike Reed, over at. Uh, of course, those of you who don't know, uh, Mike coordinates a lot of FAMU related travel things. And you can go to his website, justlookingout.com. That's J-U-S-L-O-O-K-I-N out.com. And what we have, uh, what he has been so gracious about setting up and working with us on is Mike has a group of seats in the premium cup premium club level for $109 a piece. Now, if you're familiar with the setup of the stadium, the club level, if you can see there, is that orange level. Okay? Uh, That is the orange section of the stadium at the Hard Rock Stadium. Is it outside the heat? (laughs) Well, put it like this. You can go inside if you want to get yeah. out of the heat because you're in the club level. That's the point. Okay. So there, there you go. It, you can go inside. But the club level is this orange section. Now, the section that he has, Mike has section 249, which is right about on the 20-yard line. And it happens to be right behind where the marching 100 will be. Marching 100 will be in section 150, and he has club section seats in 249. And once those are filled out, they will move to 250, which is right behind the band. So essentially, you're talking 20 20 yard line view, 10 yard line view. You're in the shade, Kelvin, for those of you who are worried about, you know, the heat. Uh, it is on the shaded side of the stadium this year. Okay. And here's how you can support the show. <clears throat> when you order your club level seats through justlookingout.com, you can go right here. When you go to place your purchase for a club level seat, you can enter BCSN or you can enter Strike Zone. And Mike has it set up where uh, a a portion of the proceeds will come back to the show. So if you have not purchased your Orange Blossom Classic tickets, let us be the first to encourage you to order your club-level seats in Section 249 and maybe eventually 250 and have these seats right here um, behind the Marching 100 for, you can see the price, $109. At checkout, make sure to enter the code BCSN or Strike Zone. So that's BCSN or Strike Zone in the code. Uh, you can, and a portion will go to us. You can also, you can also send um, Mike Cash App or Zell. You can also call him there. Um, and contact him, and if you if you purchase your tickets that route, 
just let him know, use the code as well, BCSN or Strike Zone, and uh, we will, a portion of the proceeds from those ticket sales will come back to the show. We're looking to kind of do some some different kind of things this upcoming year uh, with some road games. And so we were looking to try to, to build the, uh, build the audience and the base up. So we need you guys, those of you who are regulars and, and watch, we'd love to be able to maybe host some meet and greet kind of things, maybe have some pre-show, some tailgate stuff. I don't know. We're, we're open to any and all kind of ideas. And so Mike was gracious enough to come up with this idea and uh, we're working on some things for the Houston road trip and uh, even the Florida Classic. So just to kind of put that out there. Uh, any Anything you guys want to want to add or any thoughts? No, just take advantage of it. You want yeah. To yeah, let's let's do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go find that. Uh, um, let me make sure I can find the find the actual uh, website here. Uh, go ahead and start talking about it, and then I can can find out. I can get the website pulled up here. So, it, uh, a group of uh, football players have come together and created a NIL that will benefit members of the group. Last time I looked, I think it was 40, about 46 players who was part of that particular group. And they were trying to get, I think, $900 a month. Uh, That was the target goal. And um, any money that is uh, generated for that NIL will be shared among those players who's part of the group. And they have a website, and that on the website they they tell you who the players are. So um, we want to, you know, we want to do what we can to support our student athletes. You know, they don't have an opportunity to uh, have a you know job, part time job like everybody else or other students may be able to do because you know this this sport is their job, and so. Uh, this is the way things are going now, and so they took the initiative to, make, to give us this avenue of supporting them, and we just want to encourage folks to consider supporting um, our student athletes. Right, so here it is, nil nilclub.com slash Florida dash AM slash football, um, and you can just search NIL Club Florida A&M. And it, it'll bring you right to this page. Now, again, like Kelvin said, they set a goal. They actually increased it. Well, I don't know. That last goal was July. So this year it kind of looks like the goal is set at 920. You can see there are 46 players. Um, you can, if you choose to support, what it will do, it'll bring you to this members page. And you can choose one of these monthly plans, whatever you have it in your pockets to give 25 50 75 100 or other okay and all members get full access to club content so um as you saw in here earlier there's a couple of guys who you know are doing some things kelvin dean 
<clears throat> Marcus Riley. But if you look at the number of participating players, you got 46 players, including <clears throat> Jeremy Musa. Uh, you can see the other list of names here. Uh, Junior Muratovic, David Manigo, uh, Kobe Gross, uh, Sidarius Walker, um, you know, TJ Demas, Corey Jordan, TJ Lee, uh, Jordan Moore, <clears throat> Isaiah Major. So these are all guys. So essentially, you know what, what I found out, this NIL club is essentially giving players an opportunity to sort of have control over the reach. Uh, now, obviously this is separate from the university. University is obviously not – the athletic department doesn't have any – hands in on this um this is an athlete operated fan community that benefits florida nm football athletes now this same nil club could be done for other teams because if you in doing some digging on the company that hosts this you have you have various other football programs but you also have basketball programs wrestling teams um baseball softball so any any team could choose to be a part of this and you know the players are the ones who work together to promote their club and create content for club supporters all proceeds are split evenly among the actively participating athletes the nil club is not affiliated with florida a&m university okay uh, um, so yeah, that, you know, I, 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 I'm for one, look, I, I told you, I've kind of, I told you guys, know I'm, I'm, I'm real big on where we need to get to as a collective. Let's just say there are two schools in the SWAT with a collective, possibly three, but I, I know for a fact two, Alcorn State and Prairie View. And pay attention to what those two programs do over the next year or two. Grambling has one too. I thought Alabama State launched one last year. Um, active? I, I don't. I know. don't know. That I don't know. I I, I'm talking a collective now. Yes, you mentioned Grambling. I I don't know if the Grambling collective is is still functioning. Uh, because nobody really mentions it when they talk about collectives. I only seem to hear people talk about. All corner and Prairie View, and I know for a fact, I know people who are part of that collective. I mean, we have people who work with us that are part of that collective. Okay, and I will tell you that one of those collectives had a major role in bringing in a a a a, a day one starter that's going to be playing for one of those teams. Somebody a difference maker. <laughs> so, I. Pretty soon, if things like this don't start catching fire, and this is why you know I bring this up and we bring this up and share it to say, hey, Rattler Nation, go support. I mean, I know people support. Look, here's here's what I'll say, Kelvin. Correct me if I'm wrong here. When you donate to the foundation, when you donate to wherever else, that money goes to the athletic department to go to the program. It's not a guarantee that that does not directly go to the players. And that's what the NIL club, the NIL collectives are designed to do is to 
actually go to the players. Not so that the players necessarily eat better on the training table. Not so that they have better stuff. But it's to actually, what, put right in their hands and say, hey, guys, here, go be able to do what you need to do, you know, off campus. Whether it's pay your rent or do other things. It's a, it's a, it's just different. So, yeah, if you you donate $25 to the foundation to go to athletics on a monthly basis, that's great. I tell you what, if you can find $25, uh, to, to put in there as well to the NIL collective or the NIL club in this case. This is not a collective. This is the NIL club. But this is the kind of stuff that is going to be a game changer for Florida a and University athletes. Any, any uh, Did I say that right, Kelvin? Am I? Am I am yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're good. Okay. All right. Marcus, what are your thoughts on the on the NIL club? I think it's a good first step uh, to autonomy for them earning earning uh, money off of, especially now. You know, we have a high high expectation for this season and a lot of notoriety. Nine, if I recall, nine of our games will be either on ESPN or HBCU Go, and so there's going to be a lot of publicity and a tremendous opportunity for an exposure to the garner in nil money for here and you know we've been talking about this for the last couple of years what are we going to do how's it going to get organized and we've seen individual offers you know from bj bowler and at&t and am i a gainer a softball too but this is i guess a collect you know i'm using the term not in terms of the organization but i guess a collective effort by the football team to try to reap the benefits mm-hmm Two things we need to get in before we close the show, Brian. Okay, go ahead. You got to mention about the to remind everybody that the Hall of Fame ceremony is coming up uh, this weekend. Uh, Ken Riley, uh, NFL Hall of Fame. So we definitely want to watch the support, and we will have uh, some 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 guests to talk about that uh, afterwards. Hopefully on the next show, and then um. Also, there was a the, the strike tour, the final leg of the strike tour happened in South Florida. And um, I believe the last tweet I saw said it was about 75000 that was raised. Yeah, uh, 75 something like that. I, I got a video here. I was able to download a video. Um, I can kind of I can I can play that here in a moment. Um, maybe before we close out the show. Um, but yeah, the um, Ken Riley going into the Hall of Fame. Actually, tomorrow, tomorrow is the basically it's the kickoff, the game. Tomorrow, it, the, the the preseason, first preseason NFL game is tomorrow night, featuring the Jets and Browns. Um, but yeah, Ken Riley will will be enshrined in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, countdown to enshrinement week, 21 hours away. That's live right there, profootballhof.com. And uh, there's a couple of – I've seen some really good YouTube videos yeah. that, uh, that, that, that uh, 
Uh, we've tried to retweet from our social media page. So if, if you're not following us, make sure you follow. Um, I know Ken Riley II has retweeted them as well. But uh, keep keep everyone that's traveling. I know there's going to be a lot of folks from FAMU, Polk County, all across the country, um, football alums, Ken Riley's guys, uh, all over will be will be making the trek up to uh, Canton, Ohio, for this enshrinement weekend to be a part of this. And uh, it, it's really it's really touching, really moving. So um, tune in to watch uh, uh, he, early on in the broadcast. I don't know the exact. Did you have the exact time, Kelvin? Did you know the exact time of uh, the speeches? No, I hadn't seen that yet. Mm-mm. I believe okay. he's. I think Ken Riley's a second. He is a second. Is a- I was just I was just trying to see if we knew the exact time. I know the speech order. Uh, so the enshrinement is again Saturday, August 5th. It will air on ESPN and the NFL Network. Uh, t- check your local listings. Usually they, they do those early evening, like around 6 o'clock, maybe even 7 o'clock, because it is an outdoor event. So hopefully, uh, hopefully everybody can get a chance to watch it and uh, and see how that goes. So, uh, anything you want to get in, Marcus, before we close up? No, I'm good. Just answering uh, Chaka Perkins about volleyball, and I know we went over that earlier in the spring, maybe early, early summer, late spring Coach? about the volleyball commitments. Yeah, Coach yeah. will be on. Um... In the next in the next couple of weeks, and I think reporting time is for next week for volleyball. I, okay. I think it's like next Monday mm-hmm. or Tuesday. And um, in terms of updating the website, uh, I know that they're going through, and they they started with football first. And I, like I said, grades of men posting now, but they're going through the process of uh, certifying everybody that, that had already been the ones who already cleared. They already certified. But you know, um, they, they, so so those rosters will be updated probably closer to the end of next week when all the grades are posted and everybody's clear. Mm-hmm. And they are still waiting to get final contracts signed so that they can release the schedule. And uh, I think uh, Josh Padilla says that uh, after they do their, they they still have to finish filming their their. Uh, all of the media stuff for the volleyball team. And so uh, next week sounds like when the schedule will, will drop. So we'll know what the schedule looks like next week. Fingers crossed. It's by Wednesday. So maybe we can talk about it or at least share it with everybody Wednesday or download that FAMU athletics app. I'm sure if you download the FAMU athletics app, and and if is there an option on there where you can turn on like notifications and stuff like that? If so, I don't think you played with it yet. All right. I, if so, I would say that turn on notifications and you will get a notification 
when the when the schedule gets released. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. And to answer Chaka's question about where do you go see the high school signees, that's an exclusive with the ONG Strike Zone. We're very <laughs> diligent about following recruiting. Can't catch everything, but we compiled a list just based on watching social media of who signed and things like that. So I don't know if there's been an official release. I know last summer with the transfers, uh, they put out um, the volleyball transfers. There's three that we had. They put out a press release. But they didn't quite do that this year, but it's just something that we track and we try to publicize to the Rattler faithful. So I don't know if there's any formal one place other than here where you may get the interest to have the names of the volleyball signees. So as we get our our blog spot or our website put up, once that goes live, then we'll have a place to send you because right. uh, as Marcus updates that kind of information, uh, you know, the recruiting court, the recruiting corner, uh, I'm sure there will be uh, an article or a feature or a post that will keep you updated with our uh, with our volleyball signees. So uh, that by, we're working on it. We're working on it. We're working. By, on it. by the way, the uh, enshrinement starts at noon on Saturday. Oh, OK, so oh, there wow. you go. Okay. OK, that is earlier. So Saturday noon on ESPN or NFL Network. That is way earlier than I thought. Mm, I so, thought it was usually prime time, like 6 o'clock, but I guess not. Yeah, that, that's kind of odd. They, they've changed it around. Remember, they used to have the game after the enshrinement. Now they have the games before the enshrinement. So it's like maybe that's to help because they, I don't know, maybe they do some some evening stuff, like some dinner banquet stuff. I don't know. It's a big weekend, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe they've kind of found for traffic, maybe even traffic purposes, because there's a lot of people that will just come in for the day. And so maybe for traffic purposes, give people a chance to, you know, witness the ceremony from noon. It'll probably go to about maybe three or four in the afternoon. And then it gives people plenty of time to get out of there if they choose to and, and make it back to their hotels and things of that nature. So um, that, that would make sense. So noon on Saturday, um, we will be looking for Ken Riley the second. I know he'll be there, and Vaughn, and Vaughn will be there, and, and a host of other Rattlers will be going. Uh, I think I, I mentioned I heard A.D. Sykes was going to try to go be a part of it. Um, uh, a lot of people who who knew Ken um, from his, whether it be his playing days, his coaching days, his administrative days. So there will be a lot of orange and green along with a lot of black and orange. Uh, he, he representing the Bengals. So that'll be a real great experience. And he will go in as the second Florida A&M Rattler to uh, be enshrined. Uh, so that's that. Um, all right. I'm going to close the show and just kind of share. It's a two minute video. Um, from uh, Mandela Made on YouTube. Um, I, I, I met, you know, what's funny is, and I can't think of the brother's name. He is a rattler uh, down in South Florida. Uh, Marcus, you may know, you remember the soccer jerseys that were that were out? The FAMU soccer jerseys? Yeah. I believe he was a part of making those a reality. If it's the same person I'm thinking of. Okay, the um, 
I know there's a guy who's a graphic designer, Michaela, Michaela, something with two M's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, a few years ago, yeah. and I think he actually pitched maybe one or two, maybe three athletic directors ago, maybe four, you know, trying to do some upgrades for them and do some paraphernalia for fans. And maybe do the graphic design or the website. Michaela, Masakela or something like that. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure. Um, make sure I have his. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Mandela made. That's uh, that's his handle on YouTube. So I want to give him a shout out for putting this video together. It's a little two-minute video, so I'll run the video before we close. Uh, Marcus, uh, no more final, um, no more final thoughts. Kelvin, any anything that we we left out that you wanted to hit on before we close up the show? Yes, not. Um, I will no. again, again, uh, apologies again to everybody who. Uh, had tuned in to see Coach G uh, with our track and field. I I, I messed up. I, I again, I, that's completely my fault for not taking care of something that would have helped Coach G be on our show. That's. But we are working in the background to try to get him on for another show, and uh, when we do it, we'll have to push him up to the to the front of the line, maybe at the start of the show. So that way uh, we don't have him at the end. But again, uh, thanks to Reed, um, Reed Hoskins for joining us <clears throat> earlier. New family baseball recruit. Got to thank Coach Terry Johnson. Thank uh, Dylan Suggs uh, for joining us as well and talking to us about uh, Tony's promise and and that that softball team that won the Jenny Finch Classic in uh, Seattle a couple of weekends ago. Uh, playing for minority softball prospects. And so uh, make sure you guys follow them on their social medias, Twitter or Instagram. Hit them up. Let them know you appreciate them watching the show. And uh, hit the thumbs up button on the way out the door. Like and subscribe. Rate, review, share the feed, share the show. Uh, make sure you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ONG Strike Zone. Download the Jericho Broadcast Network's app on the Google Play or Apple App Store. Just search MyJBN, MyBCSN is where you can find us. And uh, go download the BCSN Pod Zone. BCSN Pod Zone, all of the podcasts of our show. We got some exciting things in the month of August, fellas. We got a lot of work to do. Um, so be on the lookout for some special shows, some exclusive shows. Things like that will be coming down the pipeline from us to you. We appreciate all your support and whatever way you give uh, to help make this thing happen. So uh, keep those things up. Make sure you strike hard. And uh, when you go up, those of you who are going to Canton, Ohio, safe travels. Make sure to strike, strike, and strike again when, uh, when you see each other up there in Canton, Ohio. Fangs up. All right? For Marcus Kelvin, I'm Brian. Peace out.